0: Just a bloke in a bar. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of Bloke in a Bar, brought to you by Bloke in a Bar, the best beer in all the land. Grab a case from your local, but I have one of my favourite players, Dale Finucane with me, mate. How are you going, brother?
1: Good, mate. Thanks for having me on.
0: Mate, uh, you're looking sharp in that jersey. I tell you what, if bloke had a team... <laughs> You'd be our first signing. Look Thanks at
1: that. Mate. I just downsized to our large, actually. it wasn't, wasn't <laughs> filling it out as, as much as you'd have liked.
0: That's weird because this is a triple XL, bro. That's fucking weird, yeah. eh? Uh, I didn't even inside. go to the gym, eh? <laughs> <laughs> mate, uh, look, yeah, how, how have you been? The Sharky's obviously flying. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: yeah, it's been a good start. Um, you know, as I said before about how we've started the year. Obviously, Craig's been, you know, really good for the club so far and brought in a lot, you know, I guess he's obviously a defensively minded coach, given that he was a uh, Roos's defensive coach there for a decade, mm. and he's probably brought that defensive minorness over to the Sharks as well. And um, you know our attacks, you know, clicking a lot quicker than I guess I'd anticipated. the The spine's been quite similar, I guess, to what it's been, obviously, as outside of Nico for a period of time. So. Um, you know, I think Nico's gelled really well with those spine guys and, mm. yeah, it's going well so far.
0: What's it been like transitioning from, obviously, the Storm and I'd assume the Sharks play very differently. What's it been like?
1: Yeah, I don't think there's too dissimilar in terms of the defensive mindset. Yep. Um, you know, from Melbourne, you know, a, lot of, a lot of teams defend and attack quite similarly. Like, yeah. you know, they've obviously just got different names for players. Mm. But, um, you know, I think it's quite similar in terms of the defensive mindset. But, you know, the attack has, has gelled really well. As I said, Nico's been you know, gelling really well with, with Moiser and, mm. and with Will Kennedy at the back as well. So, um, as I said, that's gelled a lot quicker than I had probably anticipated that it would. And, um, you know, I've got, as I spoke earlier about, you know, Sifatelakai and how well he's been going for us. And, um, you know, all of our outside back, it's hard to single, you know, one of them out because they've all got their such good strengths and they've been going so well for us. But um, I just think across the board, everyone's been, you know, really honing in on what their role is and doing it really well.
0: What's it been like, I guess, a training with a guy like Telakai?
1: Yeah, it's um, – you want to stay out of his way when he's running the ball towards you. But, um, you know, we just spoke earlier about, you know, the stats that he's sort of produced in the last three weeks. You know, I think he's really ran for over 200 metres each game. The tackle breaks, you know, nearly 10 a game. Mm. Um, You know, I'd say Smoky, but I'd nearly say he's right up there with the talk of New South Wales. Yeah. Um, You know, I don't know where you are playing, whether it's a centre position or whether you bring him off the bench because – you know, that's the other strength of his is his versatility. Is so good, He can you can play in the middle, he can play edge, back row, he can play centre, mm. um, and he's you know he's got really good ball skills as well. That's yeah. you know the strength of him. So um, I definitely I think he's a very good chance of playing New South Wales. Mm.
0: What about like the Sharkies as a whole? Where do, mm. what would you say? So it's been six six or so rounds, six or seven rounds. Do you reckon he's are at? exactly where you hope to be or do you think you know what I mean or do you think you've got a bit to go from where you thought you would be after six rounds
1: yeah I, I definitely think there's more improvement in us you mm. know I, I spoke about the fact that you know Craig's brought that defensive mindedness to the club and you know there's always improvement you know I think we, we were a bit disappointing on the weekend with a couple of the tries that we let in with we our sort of you know some barge over tries which um, you know which is a little bit unacceptable in any, in any team but um, just rectifying and trying to fix up some of those things but um, you know as I said the attack's flowing really well for us at the moment and as I said that's largely due to the spine and the, the outside backs but um, we're, we are travelling quite well but as I said Craig's really good at humbling the group and making sure that you know we've we've never arrived and that's something that yeah. he speaks about a lot is the fact that you know while we're going well and as I said we, we played Melbourne the other week and that was probably a good learning curve for us in you know where we are at in the competition um, you know testing ourselves against the really good sides mm. but um, yeah, as I said, Craig sort of really is good at you know keeping the the group humble and in sort of you know, we're we're always hungry for for more.
0: I've been sprucing up the the Sharkies for a while now. Like when they signed obviously yourself, uh, Fitzgibbon, McInnes, uh, Nico, I was like they're probably going to be the biggest movers on the ladder. But I still don't think that even I expected that you know if you guys tweak a one or two things I believe you're a genuine premiership threat if you tweak one or two things now maybe it might be six to twelve months away but you're there or thereabouts
1: yeah it's it's, it's very hard to you know coaches and players don't like to talk about you sure. know gen, the premiership chances and them yeah. winning because you know as boring as it is it's such a process driven thing you know yeah. as I said we've got some, some really good signings that have come in for the club and that have gelled really well for us but you know and, and you know Talking to Craig Bellamy when, you know, when I was at the Storm, like, he he spoke about the fact that luck comes into it a lot, particularly mm. at the back end of the year. Like, sure. you know, you can win that 25 rounds throughout the year, but mm. then, you know, those four weeks, you know, I looked to the, I looked to the game where we played the 2017 grand final, um, you know, Melbourne Cowboys, and, and Cowboys come from eighth position, mm. and they scraped into the eight as well. They yeah. just made it into the eight, mm. won three consecutive games, and mm. then put themselves in a position to win a premiership. So you know there are periods of the year that sorry the back end of the year a lot of luck does come into it so yeah. you know we're just concerned now with you know the one to 25 and week to week yeah. you know as boring as it is it's such a process driven um sport i guess
0: was there much difference between like preseason with the storm and sharkies i mean from my experience they're all relatively the same but was there any difference for you
1: oh uh, i say they're all pretty pretty similar like you know, everyone does scrimmage against each other, um, you know, coupled with the fact that you might do a conditioning component in between and then a conditioning game and then come back to the the footy side of it again. And, you know, more or less the same in different orders. You know, it's it's much the same, but it's probably a little bit more um, scrimmage that was probably higher level of – I won't say higher level of contact, but probably more frequency, I guess, throughout the, the – sessions so we might sort of get you know two or three sessions where we we get some decent collision into it where each week week, yeah Yeah, whereas it was we still did that at melbourne but it was probably more so in an environment where we were just drilling it rather than doing a 13 on 13 and playing against each other yeah okay so the the amount of contact was probably similar but it was sort of done in a in a different way i guess
0: yeah yeah interesting really interesting um so it takes us back to our little fella, though, a little Dale Fnukin, the bigger <laughs> bomber. The bigger bomb, they reckon. Bigger bomb. That's what they reckon on the wiki. <laughs> That's hey, big... Where'd that come from? I don't
1: know, sure. That's the first I've heard of that. <laughs> someone someone did tell me there was a Wikipedia thing uh, about uh, it. It says bigger, bigger
0: Bomb, bomb. and uh, Hadouken. Have you ever yeah. been called Hadouken? Uh,
1: Hadouken actually, I think, came from. I'm not sure if you remember the game. Was it Tekken, the game? It might have been a game, uh, Tekken. Street Fighter. Street Fighter. Yeah, Street Fighter, yeah. I think it came from. And are um, you? There were a couple of players that I did play against. The one I remember, I think the most was Willie Mason. I think where yeah. we played played against him. And um, for anyone who didn't know, Hudugan was like a, a move from a, one of the wrestlers on the on yeah. the game. So, which sounds similar to Hudugan. So Hudugan was the. <laughs> Was the call, and he used to say that to me at the scrums. I used to get to the scrum and he'd go, good. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be the thing." So I don't think he was trying to put me off my game or anything. I think he was it. just like a jovial sort
0: of, "Yeah, yeah, how are you going?" <laughs> but um, that's the great from Willie. Yeah, really.
1: I get it from time to time.
0: That's great from Willie Mason. Mm. And trust Willie Mason to play good. it. He's, mm. uh, he, I had him on the podcast, mate. His story's is incredible. It's probably
1: yeah. like my era of sort of being around, like the teenage years of of me watching football as well. Like in his time and yeah like that was sort of my vintage of watching guys like when you come saw him for the well.
0: first time on the field you are like he's big yeah it's yeah, he's huge <laughs> yeah. but
1: it is funny when you as you said when you come into first grade as well sort of you know when you're a 13, 14 year old and those guys who were probably young at that time but then when I become sort yep. of twenty twenty one playing and they're at the back end of their careers like you kind of look at them you're idolising them still while they're as you're playing against them, while yeah. you've got a job to do to play against them, you kind of always look at them and go, wow. I used to watch you play it up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was exciting.
0: Yeah. yeah, mate, that same thing happened with uh, Wendell Saylor. That was the moment when I played Wendell Saylor, it was his return game from mm. rugby union. That was the biggest moment where I was like starstruck of like, that's Wendell Saylor. Like, mm. And he is massive. I couldn't believe how big he was. Yeah. Like, a giant. I, I remembered him as like a fast winger. And then he come back from union, he was like 110 kilos yeah. or even maybe 115. I mean, he sprayed me the whole game. Sprayed me the whole game. Was it always footy, always rugby league? Uh,
1: So I started playing soccer, like, as a young fella. um, As I would have been, you know, six or seven, I think. When That was the first sport that I'd played. And I think just through my mates playing, actually, I just sort of jumped on board. All my mates at school were playing footy, so I jumped on. Uh, Under nines was my first year. And um, funnily enough, obviously, Kezzy Apps was was in the side as well. So I played all of my junior football with Kezzy, I think, up until... I think she had to finish playing in the under-12s when girls weren't yep. allowed to play anymore. But How'd she go? She was one of the best players.
0: And it's funny, there was so a, there was
1: her and there was another girl from uh, Narooma, another local side locally, um, who was a girl who played as well. And, mm. and they were like two of the better players like That's in that competition. Incredible. And oh, yeah. I think it gave the boys the shits a little bit because they <laughs> yeah. were like, oh, who's this bloody girl coming here? they're killing it. Yeah, they're killing it. Yeah. But yeah, started playing the under-9s, bigger, and then, yeah, sort of just went through the the system down there until I moved away to Sydney when I was 17.
0: And who was the team that you supported growing up?
1: Uh, I was a Knights supporter growing up. Knights? Yeah, yeah Knights.
0: Was it a Joey effect? Yeah, Joey. Joey, really?
1: Matty Johns, um, uh, Gidley's, Bedsy as well. Yep. Um, they was sort of Ben Kennedy. That was my era sort of growing up. And funnily enough, I actually had, like, I had a Knights do to cover. So... I <laughs> <laughs> As as an older teenager, as well, which is (laughs) embarrassing. But I, uh, so when I moved to the Bulldogs as a 17 year old, I I moved in with my manager for a period of six months for the SG ball season. But then I moved into the Bulldog chairhouse. And in the house, I, like, I was one of the, the beds at the front of the house. I had uh, my nights due to cover no. still while oh. while I was playing for the Bulldogs. Oh, so I was no. like, "If oh, that's, that's that not embarrassing?" <laughs> so you were
0: really a teenager. You were nearly a man. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I was nearly eighteen <laughs> years old, and Holy I had the nights. Crap. The
0: nights. Oh, that's cover. great. I know. Bring your first girlfriend over here. Yeah. The nights cover. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, <no>. It's embarrassing. <laughs> did you always excel, or did you just enjoy it when you were younger? Or
1: oh, uh, I enjoyed it when I was younger. I I didn't just play league. I think it was a a thing with a lot of our mates in high school we sort of did a little bit of everything like we sort of you know we played volleyball we played squash we played you know anything to get out of school really For like sure. if you were yeah. union afl like you'd always you'd be part of everything just to 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 be get it out of school really
2: yep.
1: um but yeah i probably sort of there's i actually remember a moment in time where i was really that was a moment where i guess i realized i wanted to play professionally
2: yeah
1: and that would have been uh, it would have been fifteen. There was a there was a carnival I think in in Canberra, mm. and so the South Coast regions, the obviously Wollongong down to the the border, and we we were playing against the Riverina, which is the western part of New South Wales, and I just had to beat the other lock to obviously progress forward to make the Southern yeah. New South Wales team. I think that made up to be, and um, I just remember the disappointment of not making that side, and just thinking that I just had to beat one player to progress to the state carnival, and. Yeah. That was probably like the defining moment for like wanting to play first grade. I think in missing out on that side, that's probably when I started to do a little bit more than you know what the mates at home were doing. That's when I started you know, start doing a bit more running and start doing a bit of weights and that sort of yeah. thing. So that was probably the moment that I you know can pinpoint where I realised I wanted to play footy.
0: And did you have? I guess, someone you look to that said you need to do these things to get an advantage or is it a natural kind of idea of like, if I do extras, I'll be better?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm not too sure. Uh, there was, you know, the academy programs back there were you know, really good. Um, but I think it was more so, you know, myself that we just realised, I think, you know, it's it's no secret that the more work you put in, the you know, the better the outcome you're going to gonna get. But, um, yeah, I mean, as I said, the, the coaches back home were really good but, yeah, I sort of I realised that I need to do a little bit more to progress.
0: And uh, what what did it, it consist of? Just a lot of running? Was it ball skills? Was it? Oh,
1: mostly running. To be honest, like uh, it was mostly like road runs. So I'd sort of I'd been to the AIS. I think when I was sort of fifteen to seventeen, I think I was part of the the AIS program. <laughs> they sort of have they pick scholarship kids up from sort of outside of like in rural areas. Yeah. And I was part of that for a couple of years. So I did actually pick up a lot from that in those camps. Um, and they sent us home with like a, a core disc, like an abs disc sort of thing. And that was probably, you know, 20 to 30 minutes of work to do that. So I'd always do this little abs disc that I'd have. i put it on the little the DVD player and push it in. <laughs> yeah, and then I'd go for a, like a five or six K run. Mm. And that was sort of it. I tried to do that like most days.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, Just, yeah, beach runs. When I lived in, like, on the coast, I'd sort of go for beach runs and sort of just getting up a little bit earlier. And I went through a stage, actually, where a couple of our mates, we got into swimming a lot as well. Mm. Um, So just doing a little bit extra that, as I said, if I wanted to make it, that was sort of going to be my point of difference.
0: And did you see results relatively quickly?
1: Yeah, I I thought, you know, I'd always had a relatively decent fitness base, I think, because I'd sort of mostly, like, ran long distances rather than sort of... That was, I guess, more of a strength of mine. But, um, yeah, I think just that coupled with the fact that the stuff that I'd learnt from the AIS as well, because mm. it was uh, – most of the guys there had had NRL – like, they were signed to NRL clubs. Yeah. There was only a handful that actually weren't signed to to anyone. So, the quality of players that were going there were really good. And, obviously, the calibre of the coaches were were really good as well. So, that was they were like – you'd spend like a week in this camp and they'd be like 7 o'clock in the morning until like, – and you'd finish at 9 o'clock at night. And yeah, they were yeah. like – it was a little bit of everything like it was a bit of mental resilience stuff it was training it was weights it yeah. was um, it was a little bit of everything but it was yeah I sort of learned a fair bit I guess over those two years probably through that RAS camp.
0: I often think of like a lot of you know Polynesian lads that have grown up in Tonga Samoa that don't have access to these camps and you realize wow like how lucky was I to get that information like even like I, I played soccer so I didn't go in footy camps So I was in a lot of the like um, elite sock camps like QIS and all that kind of stuff and similar situation it, it got to a point where I was like making the Queensland sides but they said like you need to work on this this and this and without them telling me that I wouldn't have probably been aware of all these things that I needed to do and it's just so important to have I guess coaches that really do put in the time and give you that information
1: yeah and it's it's hard I guess at home because it's it's like obviously a smaller population and the, I guess the quality of coaches is um, no, it's 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 good, but as you go to the next level, yeah. when you go to AIS and when you go to, you know, camps and clubs and those sorts of things, so mm. I think just to get that next level style of coaching from, you know, that probably helped me transition to become a better player. As I said, I was, I was doing the fitness stuff at home. I was sort of dabbling with weights, you know, at that age as well. Yeah. And then, but then to get the you know the finer detail of the football stuff that's going to help you as well. Mm. I don't I don't know that I would have been able to get the quality. You know, if I'd have stayed, you know, where I was, because yeah. there was a period of time there where there was a couple of guys who we tried out for the Canberra Raiders' how I'm at, side, which is the under-16s, I think. And we we wish went up for an open trial when we were 15, and there was a couple of us that made it. So of the, however many were there, they there was three guys from from Bega that that made the the train-on squad of 30. Yeah. So I think Beegah is probably about two and a half three hours from Canberra. So we I think we were in year – Year 10 at the time mm. And So we would finish school At one o'clock on A Monday And a Wednesday And travel up So our parents would share the roles Of driving yep. us to Canberra mm. So we'd do that I think for a three month period And that was really good mm. In learning as well So yeah. we spent three months there With all the Harold guys And yeah. all the coaches there So um, We actually did None of us ended up making the side We ended up doing the three months of travel Really and Missed out, um, out. So we devastated devastated at the end yeah, of that We travelled up for three months oh. Back and forth. And we, wow. had, and we missed out on it.
0: Um, Do you reckon you would have been a Raider? if, like, if, let's say, you make that side, were you open to becoming a Raider?
1: Oh, I mean, I guess if I'd have transitioned through the
2: yeah,
0: through the system. steps, you know what
1: I mean, go into HD Ball and then 20s and then how Matt's like, I mean, into reserve grade, first grade. But, yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, I never know. Like, obviously, we could have transitioned through the, the system, but… Um,
0: were you gutted? Did it give you a bit of fire? That, yeah, that's like true. I
1: was really – like, it's one of those things where – initially when we'd gone to the trial we were waiting for letters like on a particular day so they said oh we're going to send you letters on this day if you've made it yeah and then so you're sitting around the mailbox (laughs) all day going do i get a letter so
2: nervous and and then i
1: saw a letter with that which had like a raiders letter on it so i was like you only got the letter if you'd made it yeah so i was over the mood making it yeah and then same thing when whether you'd made the squad the the actual team or not um they give you a phone call that day so you're going to get a phone call regardless from the coach and then getting the phone call it was just yeah as i said we're not gonna we're not gonna go with you we're gonna we might look to relocate you up here when you're in sg ball that sort of thing but yeah that was a similar i guess to the the side that had sort of missed out on like a i guess yeah disappointment but kind of afterwards you sort of get a drive to go well Mm. you're pretty close Yet. So I just keep persisting with it.
0: For sure. And so at this stage, you're about 16 years old? Uh, so
1: 16, um, I would have played uh, 16s and 18s in that year. Mm. And then in in year 11, I think I went to – so the country carnivals are all the New South Wales country areas and I think it was in Newcastle that year. I played at that carnival and from that carnival, uh, a player manager um, wanted to pick me up. Yeah, So – yeah, months down the track, I ended up having conversations with him and then signing with him. And then not too long after signing with the manager, he'd, he'd got a four-year contract with me with the Bulldogs. So mm. it was – the first year was a stay-at-home year and then the next three years were um, SJ Ball and 20s. Yeah. So – um yeah, I sort of went through So you got a
0: a four year contract, had you made any state sides at this point? I don't made any state sides. So yeah. I didn't make
1: any I made obviously the local rep sides back home. Yeah. But nothing that was like a state rep team yeah. or anything that was sort of too far outside of local you know the kind of local stuff. district stuff.
0: I tell you what, manager's doing his job. Yeah, he <laughs> did well. He did well. <laughs> four year deal. Yeah. Yeah. I never even got a four year deal, I was playing bloody NRL. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I'd I'd stayed at home for that year eleven year mm. and then I just played I played 18s and first grade for that year, yeah. year eleven, and then I actually wasn't supposed to move up for year twelve. But manager thought it would be good to sort of transition me to get used to the style of footy, as well as the I guess the city living as yeah, well. I guess style change because um, sure. I, I was playing first grade at the time back in Beega, but it's different. I guess the style of footy to what I'd be coming up against yeah. in SJ Ball. Mm.
0: So I guess the standard would be higher too. Like yeah. in every game, rather than maybe one or two games a week against the best countrysides every week is probably pretty tough. Yeah.
1: But, yeah, so he, he got me up a, a earlier, a year early. Yeah. I actually ended up moving in with him, and then I did a year at um, near Begstown at Bass Hill. So I did yeah. one year at school in Begstown.
0: Did you and struggle homesickness? Or? I did not
1: struggle with homesickness, surprisingly, which it's funny. Like, I'd i literally just got my P's, and I'd I I just passed my P's, mm. and I'd barely learned how to drive a manual because I sort of cram-learned it within mm. the last month. And then moved to Sydney and then had to drive from there to through Bankstown to Bass Hill. Yeah. And I was shitting myself because yeah, I was like, 100. I'm used to one lane of traffic, yeah. three sets of traffic lights in town, yep. and then I've got traffic either side of me. You're driving a manual I could barely drive a manual, yeah, so I'm yeah. stalling and I'm, oh, yeah, I'm trying no. to get to school. So the first month, I guess, would have been like transitioning into that was pretty scary.
0: Mm. That was the bigger bomb. The first yeah, car yeah, that was Yeah, probably, probably the bomb. Bigger, that yeah, was The it. bigger bomb was your car, broke? Yeah.
1: <laughs> and um, – I think the fact that the the fam the my manager's family as well, I've still got such a great relationship with them now. The fact that. They, you know, particularly his wife was so good for me as well. Like she made my lunches for school, dinner was provided. So yeah. I went up a proper kid. Like I didn't do my own washing. Yeah. Like I was still a kid when I went there.
0: I Must still be a kid then. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: I think that that family environment like really helped me, and the mm. fact that you know they had young kids as well. So you know I had young kids around. Yeah.
2: Um,
1: so I don't think I was too homesick. My, um, I obviously had my girlfriend that was back home as well so that's now my wife yeah so we we'd been together since early high school and then the fact she was a year older in school so she was doing she was doing a gap year from for university so she was working at home staying there while i was up in sydney so we go stretches of you know nearly three weeks without seeing each other so that was like probably the hardest thing was trying to you know see each other during that period of time and i was i was finishing training at in preseason, at like 7.30 at night in Homebush, getting in the car and driving back to Bega and yeah. getting there at two in the morning. Oh. And then missing school on Monday and driving back on Monday to drive straight to training again. Wow. So I'd spend six hours in the car then go to training and then I'd just be cooked. Yeah. Gary it? Jack. Yeah, it was cooked. Oh, <laughs> man, It was cooked by the end of it, but that, I'd sort of do that. Things with. you do for love, eh?
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, he loves love, doesn't
1: he? <laughs> <me? laughs> so, I mean, obviously it worked out in the end. We're, we're married now.
0: Yep. And I was going to say, like, they could, like, if they gave you the line of, like, mate, you know, you'll find another girl, it's yeah. young, love, it's like, no, actually, it worked out, we're yeah. actually married. Yeah,
1: so <laughs> that was, like, that was for that year, was, like, I said, probably the longest would have been, like, a three-week three, a three week period, I yeah. think, it was harder during the season, obviously, but I would shoot home after games, yeah. and then just, as I said, come back on the Monday, but, yeah. Was, um, yeah, that was probably the most testing thing I'd say.
0: Mate, uh, the drive, you would have been smashing CDs and that because podcasts yeah. that wouldn't be. Nah, no, podcasts. no podcast. No nah, podcast. So, nah. What, what was the go to? The oh, playlist?
1: What did I have? I did have a little like MP. Th- almost, did MP attach threes like, attached to the car? They wouldn't attach to the. Would have been a CD. 10 or
0: Eight or nine. 10?
1: Uh, nine. Yeah, it would have been oh nine. Yeah, I reckon
0: MP three would have been. Yeah,
1: I reckon I might have had like a little MP three player. Yeah. So just all those early two thousands would yeah, be like would have been my mix. I
0: can see you as a rock man. Are you a rock man? Country I don't man. Mind a bit of
1: rock. I actually used to hate country with a passion. I did too, and I love it now.
0: Yeah, I don't mind it now. Yeah, you know who else loves uh, country is uh, Smithy Cameron Smith. Yeah, every time I get his car, country's playing. Yeah. Oh, how does
1: that? the. Obviously, the older boys had the control of the music back in yeah, the Storm yeah, days, yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. it was, what was it? anything like the Darius Rucker or Wagon Wheel like that yeah. was that got thrashed to death, <laughs> like to the point where people didn't enjoy the song anymore. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I they do love the country.
0: So you're a country man now. I do love it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, well, so you we were more of like a pop music man back then
1: uh Ed Sheeran wasn't around then so he was he's my go-to now
0: who's that sorry Ed Sheeran Ed Sheeran yeah, he's a gun a bit of a fangirl for Ed Sheeran yeah really yeah mate can uh, sing yeah he's and good. I, like the longevity of him able to make hits you know what I mean like yeah the, very rarely do pop stars last for like long periods of time and continue to release like just like hits
1: yeah no he's yeah As I said I, 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 he's probably you know the biggest fangirl I guess yeah um and actually, funnily enough, we – I got to meet him actually. No um, way. Yeah. So Billy Slater was – it was a time when he'd injured his shoulder. Yeah. And we were playing round one in Perth against the Bulldogs. I forget what year it was. But Billy was out for the – Billy was out. And I got a text from him. This before the game had started. Um, and it was a video message from Ed Sheeran because <laughs> he he had a connection. Um, he's really good friends with Molly Meldren, who's a, mm, who's got a yeah. relationship with the Melbourne Storm Club. Uh, so him and his wife Nicole were were in the room backstage with him and sent me a video saying, "Oh hey Dale, I'm sorry you couldn't be here." Blah blah. Was your head off. And you? I was just like, "I'm just about to play. I'm about to like play a game yeah. here. Like, I don't know if I'm most excited about round one kicking off or oh, like sure a personalised message from a gym. Oh my cheering. god! <laughs> and then, um, long story short, we he played for three days in Melbourne, and I had had tickets to the Sunday show. And Billy called me up that morning mm. and. Just like, oh, mate, I've got a surprise for you. Oh, wow. <laughs> and he's like, oh, mate, I've organised for you to um, meet Ed Sheeran and, like, go backstage before he goes on to the show and, like, ha- like, have a mingle sort of with him. And I was like, no way, like... I nearly lost that. I was that excited. Yeah. Like and,
0: uh, Ed Sheeran, like, one of the world's biggest pop stars. Yeah.
1: And, um, yeah, I like got to – it was a very brief meeting. Like, yeah. I'm sure he'd do a thousand of them yeah. a day. Mm. Um, so it was literally, yeah, go in. I, I think I got him to do a video message for my brother as well. Oh, like, really? Right. But, um, yeah, mate, it was pretty good. It was That's cool. That's
0: incredible, Ed Sheeran. Were you were – you, mm. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming you were into music, but were you into the singing and the playing back then too?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'd sort of always done that, like – my old man played guitar growing up, and yep. sort of he taught us. And we had to learn a, an instrument at school, and it was a guitar or recorder. So yep. we're never going to. It was never going to learn Mate, a
0: recorder. Has anyone ever got anything good out of <laughs> learning a recorder? <laughs> no. Like seriously, talk no. about a waste of time. It's toll. a horrible instrument. Hey guys, the party's a bit dead. Give me a second. Get my recorder Just out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> been a Rob jazz flute Oh
0: fucking hell was, yeah, I, I just got prepared <laughs> Totally unfair This, is a, this is a shock um, yeah. yeah So you always I guess Being no, That was probably
1: the peak Of when I was like Right into it Was because I knew he was coming to Australia um, And I think in anticipation Of like him coming Like that's probably when You got right into playing music Yeah for sure I bought the loop pedal That he's got as well Which is like So he's obviously a one man show Where you know He plays guitar and then that loops over like a drum beat that he makes okay. which loops over yeah. the vocals that he makes and Crazy. that's how he sort of creates his sound Incredible. so I went out and bought the the loop pedal that he's got and far that's out. sort of after that, I just, that yeah I can use the loop
0: pedal far out um,
1: but yeah that's probably when I really like after seeing him play like I yeah. just I like, got right into it for a yeah. bit of time it's weird
0: but, kind of like it inspires you yeah um I've been watching a lot of, uh, soccer documentaries lately, like mm. all or nothing on prime. I'm watching, uh, crystal palace one, like heaps of soccer documentaries. And it's like taking me back to the days, like when I did play soccer and yeah. I, like, it makes me want to play yeah. soccer again, which yeah. is bizarre. Cause like I haven't played in like 15 years. Yeah. Um, Okay, yeah. So, how did you play that game? Were you rattled, or could you get back into nah, it? No, I think
1: I was okay. Like, I, I played fine. I just remember like a like a real excitement, yeah. like thinking, "Oh, how is he He said my name." Like <laughs> he would have just said, "Billy, what's his name?" And he goes, "Dale." Yeah, hey, Dale.
0: <laughs> hey, Dale <laughs> he he just, like,
1: but I was like, he's talking to me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Playing the SG ball for yeah. for doggies. Yeah. Was it a natural progression, or did you get some knockbacks and then put in the first grade squad? Or
1: no, it was it was actually like a really a really good transition. I think. And I sort of was surprised, um, you know, when when I went up there, sort of, because it's hard, like obviously, gelling with new players. Like mm. I'd never met any of these guys, and yep. I actually come up a bit late as well. Mm. So I'd only come up. They've been doing the preseason since January. Oh, uh, sorry, since November, and I came up sort of mid, late January. And the SG Ball competition starts like February. Mm. So I'd only really done like a month of training. So sort of meeting new people. Adjusting to the style of play that they had as well, yeah. and I guess the style of play that I wasn't used to, sort of living in the country as well. Mm. Um, but I'd say that the transition, sort of from there to first grade, was was quite good in terms of, you know, I ended up having a really good SG Ball year, and we actually the the Bulldogs we went on to win the the grand final against Melbourne, mm. and then
0: and you got player of the year as well, SG Ball, yeah, yeah, and yeah, and
1: got player of the year. So I mean, it was a good it was a good first outing, and then. Um, Pete Mahon actually was the, the recruitment officer that, that got me to the club oh, at the time. Okay. And I think on the day of the grand final, after we played it against Melbourne, um, he came up to me and said, Oh, we're going to be starting you in the 20s this week. Oh, wow. Um, and not to come to the bench, he's, he was going to start me, I think. Because wow. I think at the time, Josh Reynolds was playing a bit of lock.
2: Yeah. And, oh, wow. And the he'd, Grubb.
1: Uh, yeah, Grubb was playing lock. Yeah, good. And I think he'd hurt his ankle and he was out for the rest of the year. So, um, so I was I filled in for him like yeah. for the rest of the year and um, yeah so that was obviously the transition from there and I, I played the twenties for the rest of that year and then mm. was that two thousand and nine and then two thousand and ten eleven I played the rest of the twenties as well
0: named it prop two thousand and eleven NYC team of the year and you played junior kangaroos what was that like getting the call up for junior yeah, kangaroos
1: it was good it's um, I said I hadn't made. T- like too many rep teams outside of like the local ones, yeah. sort of down home.
0: Well, that was your first one, really. Well, like the first, first one that was one. like a state
1: yeah. or a. So actually, the first the year that I got up there in two thousand nine playing SD ball, that's when I made like the the New South Wales team, not the school yeah. New South Wales team, yeah. the the one that they picked from the S G ball competition. Yeah. So I made that New South Wales team, and that was the first really big
0: yeah. team that I'd what made. Was it like on the jersey? Yeah, it was. It was yeah. really
1: good. It was. It was so good. Yeah. And yeah, I was I was just excited because I didn't have an expectation of what was going to happen that first year. I was just excited to be part of the Bulldogs. Yeah, and wear yeah. the, You know what it's like at that age? You're happy to get the gear.
0: Yeah, stoked if I get a pair of it. socks and, yep. you know. You, you want to wear it I'm, everywhere, yeah. but you don't want to be a Derek either. Yeah, like, like you're excited oh. <laughs> to wear, you,
1: wear your kid around. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, to make the New South Wales team was, was, yeah. was unreal. And then, as I said, in my last year, 20s in 2011, making the Australian side as well. Um, yeah, that was the first Australian side, you know, that I made, The first and only Australian side that I made. So right. it was, yeah, it was exciting.
0: Um, and do you play the Kiwis, yeah, you play the Kiwis. Mm, yep. Or was it like face? Was that your first hucker that you ever faced? Would yeah, it yeah, yeah,
1: it would have been the first one that I'd faced. Um, funnily enough, I'd woken up that morning with like I don't know, still to this day I don't know what it was. It was like my jaw was just so inflamed. It was like what? I know it was like some sort of infection or something.
0: Yeah, would it be from like grinding your teeth or something? Oh, well, I, mean, I don't know, like- but
1: like. My jaw was just so blown up, and I just felt oh, yeah. like quite lethargic. So I was yeah. like, oh, "Of all days, like yeah. the day I'm oh. playing for Australia." Yeah, um, I, was, I got through the game fine, but I was just like, "I don't know, to day. Like, what was what was, it was wrong?" wrong. But yeah, the game—it was an exciting game. Um, like, I think majority of guys from both sides had nearly played first grade as well. Like, we had yeah. a we had a stack side. They had a really stack side. That mm. I think Papali might have even been playing for. New Zealand in the 20s oh, as well. Out. So they had Papali, Kenny yeah. Bromwich, so they had some really quality players. Mm. Um, we ended up losing that game, I think, but it was in yeah, it was in Newcastle, but yeah, unreal first experience.
0: And so you get moved up to New South Wales Cup in uh, 2012, um, but did you also get moved into the first grade squad?
1: Yep. So the year before, while I was in 20s, we'd sort of, I think myself and Josh Jackson and Aiden Caesar, I think, had done... Aiden's season did the whole pre-season with first grade and myself and Josh just did post-Christmas. So we did, yeah, after Christmas and we played the first trial game, I think, Mm. against the Roosters. So I guess that was our first taste of it but that was the first year being in the top
0: 25
1: was outside of that.
0: Um, What was it? That first few weeks of training with first grade, it really hit you of like, oh, wow, this is actually a completely different level to what I thought it would be. Yeah,
1: yeah, it was. And funnily enough, I I know they've got... mm, the sort of with the new cba is like the rules where you've got to have a certain amount of time off and that sort of thing <laughs> yeah, like now yeah, yeah. but then i so we went well in the 20s that year we made the prelim final and lost in first grade didn't make the finals they lost in round 26 so their their season went short and ours went quite long yep. and that was the year that i made the australian team so we were in camp for a week with that yeah. obviously played the game so I think I had three weeks off (laughs) before I then started like training with first grade, but I I didn't care. Like I was so excited. I was like, "I'm training with first grade. I'm so excited." I could have given me a week off. I would have been so happy just to be there.
0: Mm. Um, Whereas like now you'd be like, "I need that." Like my body's going to explode apart. If I think
1: mentally more so now, like because you've done because it's been so long, you know, since it started. Um, you just need like a mental refresh, I think. Yeah. But at the time, I didn't need that. Like, no, no, no. I, I was good to go.
0: I remember when I got my first call up, it was like the most exciting moment of my life to that mm. point. I couldn't believe yeah. it. Was there anyone you walked in and saw and was like, wow, that's such and such awe?
1: Um, someone who was really good, even while we are in the 20s. like We didn't see a whole lot of first grade because we trained sort of late afternoon into the night, and they were sort of early morning, and they'd sort of finished mid-afternoon so we didn't we weren't a club that did like a lot of scrimmage with with them at the time so you'd only sort of see him at the back end of their weight sessions when we were getting in there Mm. but if you did sort of Andrew Ryan um, he was like really good he was like a country guy as well and I guess he knew sort of what the country guys like myself and Josh Jackson who came through I guess he knew what the experience was like coming as a young kid Mm. and then you know coming into first grade so he was really good.
0: Andrew Ryan like I think he, he doesn't get remembered for how good he was. Yeah, he was so consistently high quality.
1: Yeah, and another guy who took us under their wing was um, Dean Howlettaller. He was so good. Oh, yeah, we were,
2: yeah.
1: I think, myself and Josh were in a weight group with with Dean as well. Mm. And um, yeah, he was someone who just yeah really took us under our wing and mm. under his wing and sort of you know helped us out a lot. Yeah. And obviously Mick Ennis, like he was the other one. He was yep. yeah, Mick was like such a good captain, and I think you know. People from the outside looking in may not know that, but he's such a good, um, such a good motiv- man motivator. Like mm. he, like the speeches that he would give, or yeah. like he's just like William Wallace almost. Like really, like, get oh, the you boys just Get up. the tigals, and yeah. you just want to, you want someone you want to play for. Yeah, and obviously experiencing lots of different types of leaders. Like obviously Cameron, outstanding as well. Like yeah. the best. Um, you know, Wade the um, Sharks, who I haven't had chance to play with outside of the trial game, but, yeah. um. You know, I guess someone who people from the outside looking in may not know, but he was such a good motivator. Yeah,
0: a lot of people say that, like McGee, even when he's at the Sharkies, a lot of people mm. say, like, when he yeah. comes to the Bronx, a little bit different because we had such big dogs there already. Yeah. Um, and I think that was a bit earlier in his career, too. He's still a bit younger, um, but he was great at the Bronx as well. Like, I, I really enjoyed playing footy yeah. with Mick.
1: I think people respect him so much because he, like, he was so fit. Like, he was fit yeah. as a fiddle and he didn't do anything he didn't ask anything of you that he wouldn't do himself never took shortcuts yeah he did take shortcuts actually i remember a moment in training and where he we were doing a fitness drill and it was a scrimmage in it and i remember him telling me to get out of third gear and i was like i didn't think i was like i didn't know if i was or whether he was just trying to like empower me or whatever but i've sort of that's a moment that sort of stuck with me to like like never slack off Yeah, and it was like that little moment where he goes right they'll get out of third year like mm. where I thought I was doing well Yeah, yeah. but it's sort of it's a moment that's always stuck with me and something that I've actually spoken to him about since yeah. I think but yeah it's just funny the did he say that you're
0: in actually third year or he was just trying to motivate Oh, you?
1: I, I don't actually I think that I've spoken to him might, I might have said to him in <laughs> I'll have to, next time I speak to him I'll have to ask him. ask him if I have but just like a little little thing like that that just stuck with me mm.
0: I think that's the, the biggest shock to <laughs> rookies coming in is the standards that are required. Like you, you think that you're having a crack, oh, it's just training or whatever. But a lot of rookies actually aren't going, you know, 10 out of 10 every single session.
1: Yeah. And I think that's the, the onus on those guys to like drive those values. Yeah, for sure. Like, and that's, I said, that Mick epitomized that. And same with Andrew Ryan, Bobcat. Like he, I remember going to, at the end of that 2012 year, there was a, a country camp. Back in uh, back in my town, actually in Tathra. Yep. and it was more it was about getting out to schools and, um. But part of it was just like it was just like enjoying each other's company. We went fishing and caught up and that sort of thing, um, and yeah, he's just he was just so good with all the young blokes.
0: Yeah, mate, it's uh, so important. I mean, that's why like when you see clubs sometimes when they're struggling, it's usually because they don't have a core of senior players that are driving certain standards. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Awesome. So, 2012. Was there any sessions, physical sessions, where, like, you know, you were like, holy shit, like, this is intense?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's funny the – how it worked was because Jimmy Dimmick was originally supposed to be the coach for that year. Yeah. And he started out as being – as the coach, mm. you know, for the first part of the preseason. but And then Desert had signed on for the rest of the preseason, so – we're, it's funny, we'd, we'd actually gone out and had to buy like certain things for to prepare us for that preseason. Like at that time, we were doing like wrestling in geese. So I'm not sure. Oh, really? You know, yeah. the gears yeah, where like, you're yeah. actually like in jujitsu, like you get know, yep. the belt and that sort of thing. So we were doing <clears throat> wrestling with our geese, had to go out and buy like a proper like cycling bike. Yeah, so that stung me sort of because I was like, I've
0: got no cash. I'm I know, a they were like $1,500. Yeah, bucks. i am like, <laughs> when they said, Oh, you need to get a bike, I was like, uh is it being provided? BMX. because i don't have 1500 <laughs> bucks as lot yeah
1: so we had to go out like <clears throat> we went and bought all these things that we needed and then des came in and he just observed for the first three days and just sort of seeing what we were doing what jimmy was doing what the coaches there were doing and then he sort of yeah obviously ran the show after that yeah and then first thing he was like all right boys you don't need the geese you don't need the bikes you don't need all this and i'm like i'm just far
0: that's out. my that's my month's salary Yeah, 100%, thanks bro yeah far yeah, out
1: yeah it's um that was probably yeah him coming in but to answer your question about the hard sort of stuff like des was yeah he was a pretty hard taskmaster like there was just nothing outside of the ordinary that other people do i guess but just yeah like the mas style grids that people do yeah, like the distances on those were like ridiculous yeah yeah um yeah, it was just yeah, it was it was a good it was a tough initiation I guess into first grade.
0: And so round thirteen, you make your debut that year two thousand twelve yep. uh, against South Sydney. Do you remember how that all came about? Was it a phone call? Was it in person? Yeah, it's
1: funny. I think talking to my manager, I haven't spoken to Dez about you know, whether this was his version of events,
2: but yeah.
1: I um. I was 18th man for maybe you know, a decent amount of times before mm. leading up to that. So I'd sort of been in there on game day and experienced all the warm-up and yeah. the speeches before half-time. So I guess I was happy that I'd sort of done that prior to actually debuting yeah, to prepare sure.
2: me. Yeah.
1: But my manager sort of spoke about the fact of how Des was going to debut me was he was just – because I'd been 18th man a number of times. Mm. I was just going to be 18th man – and then he was going to let me know after warm-up that I was going to be playing. Oh my god. <laughs> that's 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 said my manager's version of events. Yeah, yeah. So I'm glad he didn't. He yeah. ended up getting me in the office and saying, oh, like, because I've been spoken to by the assistant coaches. They're like, oh, so when we do this play and when when Sam Cassiano does this, and I'm like, why is he talking to me about this? Because i I play reserve grade. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm not playing first grade. Like, yeah, yeah. and then he, he goes, Oh, I think he, like Des wants to speak to you soon, so I go yeah. down and speak to Des. So I end up going and speaking to Dez. And then, yeah, he brought me into his office and he goes, oh, why would I be bringing you into my office? And I'm like, I've got no idea. I don't know. <laughs> he speaks in riddles sometimes, Des, but <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I've got no idea why. And, um, and then I, I had a guess. I think I said, oh, I'm going to be out man again. And he goes, no, nope, try again. And then he goes, "One well, better. And he goes, oh, you're going to be make, making – I said, I'm going to be making my debut. And he goes, yep. yep. And, he, and oh, then he just – as Des does, he's, he's pretty heart-lucky. When he shakes your hands, he almost shakes <laughs> it off. And, he, yeah, shook me hand. And then, yeah, that was how I found out about this yeah
0: because when you're warming up as 18th man, you're in the zone. But you're not. It just—I don't feel like you can ever get in the same zone as when you know you're playing.
1: Funnily enough, like so, Josh Jackson and I debuted two weeks apart, or two round games apart, because there was a buy in between, I think. And Josh actually, so I was playing. I was actually in Melbourne, in Mackay. Remember mm. the game where Benny Barber ran a muck up oh, there and yeah, scored? Far yeah, out. killed yeah. it. Yeah. So it was that. That was that game. So Josh Jackson come up as 18th man and wasn't meant to play. And Greg Eastwood done his calf in the warm-up. Mm. So that was how Josh Jackson had made his debut. So he was 18th man and yeah, got caught into the squad. So I think all these fam, no one knew that he was playing. Because like, oh, really? he'd been 18th man yeah, as well, yeah. like myself. So yeah. they're like, oh, no. His parents were like, no, he's just 18th man. They're like, no, he's playing. He's playing. He's oh. in. So that was how he, yeah. like, how he made his
0: debut. Mate, uh, yeah, the debut. What do you remember, bro? What's the, the feeling from the debut like?
1: Yeah. I was um, obviously nervous mm. and you know they had some, some big guns in their side as well. Like Sam Burgess was well, playing Well, this is for the them.
0: beginning of their run to their premiership really in yeah. 2012. Yeah.
1: So they had some really good plays in their team. Um, I'm trying to think what I remember from it. I think I I had to go on and play a little bit of back row, which was sort of unfamiliar to me, a little bit as well. I think we had an injury or something at the time, but I started in the middle yeah. and then went back on as a, as a back row, I think. And I think I remember a moment where I'd sort of come out, tried to come out of the line a little bit, um, and Mick Ennis was defending beside me. The game was really in the balance at this stage; it was a really tight game. Yeah. And it was the back end of it, and I'd tried to get sort of Sam Burgess or close, like yep. close to him, and I bumped Mick Ennis off him, and oh. both of us, just, and both of us just scattered. Yeah. And I think I think he's offloaded it, and then Dylan Farrell has like screened up the sideline and and nearly scored in the corner, oh. yeah. and that would have put him in front at that stage but I think Ben Barber came across and literally like by the skin of his teeth made a tackle in the corner so like that's sort of a bit of a memory where I've tried to come out and then I've just yeah not for myself I've tried it for the team oh sorry like
0: you're you're taking matters into your own hands to try and help the team yeah
1: and then as I said I've bumped Mick off and then (laughs) I've scattered as well, and then he's just gone and popped it to someone yeah and then yeah doing Farrell's run up so I remember that
0: because it's so important in rugby league as you know you know more than me it's like a big hit like that, it can be so good for your team, but sometimes it just doesn't work. It's yeah. such a timing thing, you know? Well, yeah, so like
1: it was in that sort of red zone of the field, them coming out, so like they're the areas of the field where you think, oh, if you can take a risk, Absolutely. that's probably the safest time for to sure. do it. Yeah. In hindsight, <laughs> I probably wouldn't have done it.
0: People, you don't see them as – they're not as uh, obvious to the fan that a defensive play is happening. Um, you know, yourself, like sometimes you can tell, like as a guy that's played footy before, uh, I can tell when you're trying to get line speed for your team by going, you know, three or four tackles in a row. And it just gives you that defensive energy. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's, yeah, no, that's, that's what I
1: was trying to provide. <laughs> but it backfired on well, me. Well, you did it plenty of times after. <laughs>
0: you did it plenty of times after it. Okay. So the debut, you walk off, uh, you, you get a win. You get a win. Yeah. And then you, you play, essentially, you play more games that year and you come off the bench in the grand final. Yeah. What so, was, I mean, what was well, that? Oh,
1: like? it was crazy. Because I think that was my debut, and then I think that there was a buy, and then I don't think I got picked for the. There was a Dragons game after, and then I got picked in the side again yep. after that. So I missed one game and a bye and there was a buy, and then I played the rest of the season. Mm. And we we ended up winning like twelve straight. I think at the in the side that time. So I was yep. just like, "How good's how good's winning? Like we just keep yep. on winning."
0: NRL's great. Yeah, NRL's so good. Yeah,
1: and. Um, I think we'd lost i think maybe round 26 i think it was against raiders was our the first loss that i i'd experienced in first grade and then yeah then we went into the finals and then obviously into the grand final but i don't really have any memories to be honest of the grand final like it was i said it was so surreal the fact that i i'd made it into an nrl grand final and my role within the team fluctuated quite a bit as well like sometimes i'd play probably in that first year i didn't play that bigger minutes I think mm. I wouldn't usually play more than 30 minutes yeah. you know and you know I think in the grand final I would have played 10 or 15 minutes like yeah. it wasn't I wasn't a huge contributor Is there to the anything
0: game. that stands out in your mind like in the lead up or uh, after
1: I, I do remember during the game as I said I only had a small stint in the game but I've actually spoken to people since that I, I really don't have much memory around the build up and like post game and on the field but I, I do remember a moment on the field where I probably wasn't long after I got on, and they they bombed the ball, and I think it bounced, and Brian Norrie got the ball and scored a try, yeah, and which was later disallowed. Mm. But I was just thinking about because I was in proximity to it, but I didn't want to bat it forward or knock it on or yeah. like, and I didn't, yeah, and I was like, he just picked it up and scored a try here, but he was he ended up being ten meters offside, <laughs> <laughs> which was good, yeah. which worked for me. But I was just like, I've just cost the book because. Yeah. It ended up being 14 was the score in the game. So it was yeah. a tight game. Yeah. So I'm like, I've just cost the boys. I've come on here oh. for me 10-minute stint and I've just bugging it up forever
0: everyone. Yeah, you were in a tough spot though because like, if you go up for that and knock a winger or a fullback that's trying to screen through and catch it, then you're the bad guy as well, you know? Yeah. It's a hard decision to make.
1: I know. So I do remember that <clears> moment and I've spoken to guys since. So Ryan Hinchcliffe was really tight with, um, with Brian Norrie and he's since told me that like you'll never take that feeling away from him. Like he, in his mind... Like he scored a try yeah, and yeah. the feeling that he felt like <laughs> like was so good that he's like, yeah, I'll always have that feeling, yeah, even though I was disallowed. Yeah, yeah, it's so like true. Like you never taken it away from That's him. That's such
0: a good point. Like you, like that 10 seconds or whatever, yeah. like that exists for him. Yeah. <laughs> That's fucking sick. Yeah, I know. Um, so you lose the grand final. Obviously you would have been upset, but I'm assuming as a young lad, you're kind of just getting caught up in the wave of everything, I yeah.
1: assume. Yeah, I mean, I was definitely happy to be there. Yeah. And I think I I probably took for granted – you know, how few opportunities you get to play in Grand Finals, like how hard they are to come by. Like Mm. people play their whole careers and don't even play in a Grand Final Mm. or or win a Grand Final. So I probably didn't realise that at the time, like, but, you know, it wasn't probably until later that I realised that you don't take those opportunities for granted. Yeah. Obviously lucky to be involved again in 2014 at the Bulldogs. Mm. But, yeah, similar sort of mindset, I guess, I that was probably where I sort of thought oh, don't take these opportunities for
0: granted yeah. and so the next year you play essentially all 25 matches you score a try a meetie. Was that, that one. would have been your first meety first one yeah what do you remember from that
1: um, <laughs> I think it was a, from memory it was a tap I think it was a Parramatta it was Parramatta I think it was a tap just 10 metres out I think yeah. off Mick just got a tap and then yeah just it was, it was, it was just a barge over, I think. over? A, nothing yeah, special good. just a little hey, barge over
0: a try to try baby yeah
1: no it might have been a big carry on I, got, I was, pretty, <laughs> it was pretty happy when I got up and scored and <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So you played 25 matches. Are you starting to really feel okay? I'm a first grader now.
1: Yeah, I think at the end of that year, like having played all of the games, yeah. I was sort of in and out of like I was off the bench, but then there'd be times where I would start at times as well. Mm. So I think the mindset for the 2014 season was was it that? Yeah, I think the mindset was wanting to start and play as yeah. as many you know minutes as I could, mm. but. Um, you know, we had some quality players there as well. Like, you know, James Graham was playing there. That was, you know, the peak of his career yeah. around that time. You know, Greg Eastwood, Fred Pritchard, like, we had some really quality players mm. in our team. Um, so it was hard to break into playing a starting role and sort of developing and playing longer minutes because Aiden Tolman as well. So Aiden yeah. Tolman and James Graham, like, they'd play really long minutes, same yeah. with Greg Eastwood play. Big
0: so it was beast-wood. hard. The big Beastwood. Big Beastwood.
1: So it was sort of hard for me to try and – because I felt like as a player that was – Going to try like that was sort of my strength was trying to play longer minutes.
2: Yeah, and I feel like I felt like it was hard
1: as a young guy as well because if I'm going on for an unknown amount of time, like I didn't know if I was going to play 30 minutes or if I'd play 60. So yeah. it's like, how do you sort of how do you approach the game? Yeah, yeah. Um, not that you pace yourself, but you definitely try. You can definitely manage your energy better, you know, th- in periods of the game if you're say a 60 minute player compared yeah. to an impact player who's coming mm. on for 15 minutes. Then yeah, so I just. It was hard to try and find the balance of how I was going to play.
0: The the more minutes for you, the better, because I feel like you're really good at building st- certain things up throughout the game. Um, but you're right. Like, if you don't know whether you're playing 30 or 60, there may be certain tactics. in Like, you might be trying to spot a halfback, yeah. and that's something that you build up over a whole yeah. – you know what I Yeah, mean? and I know
1: James was good at that as well. So, like, he would come on, and I think at the time, like, middle forwards were, like, running it off the scrum. So we would be, like, the one off the scrum to lay a line. Yeah. And – he would go, oh, like, and I'd be like, "Well, I'm on here. I think I'm on for a short time here. Like, I'll go get a scrum carry." Yeah. And James would be like, "James, would be like, oh, I've, I've got this thing. Like, he's been he'd been setting up with a back row because there was a few times where James would like think he was going in for a carry, and then he tip on to like Josh Jackson, who like that's how he scored his first try. I think it was like a tip on off James, and he yeah. was working towards those sorts of yeah, things.
2: So,
1: it felt like it was taken away from like the things that he was trying to work yeah. towards. Like, it's like first time he might tip on, second time he might." you know, showing and go himself. It was like, yeah. it was hard because other people were trying to develop those things, but I wanted to try and you know, contribute up. to the team as yeah. well. Yeah, So sure. it was hard.
0: Um, so anyway, 2014 rolls around, you get selected uh, country origin. Well, I mean, as a country lad, uh, in Dubbo. What was that experience like for you? Yeah, it was
1: really good. Um, I was, yeah, I was so stoked to be involved in the game. Uh, the week, like leading, the week of the camp is really good as well because – you know, it's obviously in a country area, you do like a lot of visits to schools and you know, community carnivals and those sorts of things. So that's the really enjoyable part of it. Because I remember you know, I didn't have a country origin game in Bega, but whenever you'd have like a Canberra versus Parramatta or mm. like games would come back and people would come and visit your school, like I remembered how excited I was. It didn't even matter if I didn't know who the player was, yeah. the fact that they had the emblem on yeah. was like, oh you're a, you're an NRL player yeah, like absolutely I remember that feeling when I was a kid so it felt good that we were those people now that were like kids were excited about seeing so mm. I didn't yeah like I tried to give as much as I could to yeah to that because I remember how excited I was so that was probably that was a really exciting part of the week but yeah um yeah the footy stuff yeah it was unreal as well
0: 26 draw, 26 all draw yeah yeah, I was
1: wondering which year, whether that was the first or the second year, but yeah. yeah, that was a funny one. And I think it ended on a draw. And I think at the time, did the did it go to the previous winner of the year before? Like I don't, I don't know if there yeah, was a I'm cup that sure. actually like handed if over they, if it handed it over or yeah, th- yeah I know it was a draw, but I don't know if they stay the reigning.
0: I'd assume winners. so. You would yeah. assume so. Um, and then that year, obviously, you make the grand final. Uh, was again? So you lose this grand final. Well, I guess. Did this hurt more because you, you, you'd kind of realised how lucky you would have been there or not really still? In 2012?
1: Like 2014. 14. Yeah, I, I've got you know more recollection of the events around it, as I said, yeah. because I was mindful to take a little bit more in, mm. I guess, this time around. But, you know, I probably did things around the game that I, in hindsight, wouldn't do now that I've, you know, sort of got a routine in preparation prior to a game. But for that game, I you know, obviously had family and friends that come up and I didn't usually go out and hang out with them like the night before a game. Like, and I was the night before a game, I, was, I went over to a mate's house, I was catching up with people, I was excited that everyone was coming up yep. to come watch the grand final. So, in hindsight, I feel like I probably was a little bit airy fairy and, yeah. and like was ha- like, I wouldn't be like that, you know, now. Yeah, I'd just be more sort of focused on, you know, do routines, this is what yeah. I eat for the night before, keep the same routine, I guess. But that probably impacted. You know my mindset a little bit, I guess. Mm. Um, But in terms of memories around the game, like they they won it convincingly. Yeah, like the Burgess boys were on fire,
0: mm.
1: and that that was probably one of the memories I had was was a George Burgess try. Yeah, and I think at the end, um, Greg Inglis scored a try as well. How He did the out at yeah. the end. Of it so I was just it's like, iconic. Now about just, that. Yeah, go-owner. it was it was it's iconic. But yeah. And then obviously the way that, you know, Sam Burgess played and finished the game as well, like he fractured his cheekbone. Yeah. And that was in the, like, I think it was the first hit-up of the game. Yeah, yeah, And that was, you know, the two Englishmen James came together games, as well with noggin. each other. <laughs> um, so I, I think, you know, the way that he finished and seeing him after the game, like his face was pretty battered and bruised and I guess the emotion. It's funny, like I probably remember probably more of their stuff more yeah, so okay. than, than ours. Yeah, um, yeah I guess just seeing, you know the emotion of him winning the Cl- winning the Clive Churchill, and
2: yeah,
1: you know the way that he did it with a broken cheekbone
0: mm, it seems like life is good of the doggies. What was the storm choice for
1: yeah it was it was just around as i said the the guys the quality of guys that were there were signed for just as long, if not longer than the time that I was there and um and i just didn't f- and you know it was hard for me to progress in terms of as i said playing longer minutes and you know being a starting player as well and mm. while I was you know I didn't expect to be going straight there to you know starting player and getting more minutes the there was no real clear pathway for me to transition into it because those guys who were there were all you know the peak of their careers and it was it was going to be hard for me to do that and mm. it was a mutual sort of agreement between you know myself and the club um, that an opportunity that the storm came up yeah so I think it was in it all happened really quickly too because it you know it wasn't you know it wasn't in my mindset of thinking that that's what was going to happen but yeah as I said my manager spoke to me in December of 2014 yeah you know at the end of that preseason talked about the opportunity to go to Melbourne and um as I said Des Des was obviously happy for us to go down there as well and Do you yeah want I to think
0: your first convo with Billy uh,
1: well funnily enough I'd actually gone and met with with Craig and Frank Panisi the football manager down there at my last year of 20s To go and sign there Potentially Oh wow okay So I met with them As a 19 year old turning 20 And yeah I met with them At a Down at the Crown I think there was a cafe A, a restaurant down there And yeah That was my first meeting With Frank and Craig And yeah. I remember him being Pretty like Not Definitely not blunt But pretty frank With the expectation And like He sort of let me know That it wasn't going to be Like an easy preseason. season It was yeah. like Oh like, it, like It's a tough preseason. Whereas I thought You know you might sugarcoat it and say, "Oh, yeah, oh yeah, like it's yeah. good, like it'll For be fine." Sure. But Young like, I love the fact that he was like honest with, like, it's going to be tough, it'll be hard. Like, you get through it. Like, obviously, you'll get through it. But getting through it, you'll if you die, <laughs> <No>. you die. <laughs> <laughs> like getting through it, you'll like that. I, I guess a self sense of accomplishment and yeah. like it's. Um, so I, I do remember that, like mm. his honesty, straight up,
2: yeah.
1: And um, obviously, and I was very close to signing there. Actually, I yeah, was wow. really close, and it was only through talking to Peter Mulholland again at the time about the opportunity for, I think at the time were, the club were moving some guys on mm. and the opportunity for me to play first grade sort of opened up a little bit. Yeah. Um, that I, I stayed in Melbourne for, I mean, sorry, in, in Canterbury for those next couple of years. Mm. Uh, but I still had a couple of years to go on my on my contract while I was at um, Canterbury. But uh, as I said, the opportunity came up. Both for both sides, Bulldogs happy to let me go. Yeah, I'm obviously looking for an opportunity, mm. and then yeah, I started in January, so I missed obviously as said. I did the preseason partly with Canterbury, mm. and then I started in January with Melbourne.
0: Did uh, was it the Bulldogs that initiated the chat of if you can find somewhere else, we would help you, or was it just a kind of you could feel? You know yeah, what
1: I mean? I'm not too sure how the conversation started. Like I it would have been between my manager and the club, yeah, yeah. and obviously you know the interested Norman. party, which was Melbourne, but. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not too sure who initiated the conversation, but...
0: Were they just kind of more aware that you wanted to be a starter? Was that something that they were aware of? Yeah,
1: I mean, because I... I, Yeah, I I think they were aware of it. I'm not sure whether it... it, You know, what the reasons for them being happy with it were, whether it was, you know, salary cap or whether it was... You know, they were happy to bring someone else through. I'm not sure from the club's point of view what their reasoning behind it was. Yeah, But, yeah. That's that's how I ended up yeah. unfolding.
0: And ended up in the storm. So you rock yeah. up the storm. Did you do the army camp?
1: Not the first year because it's always done pre-Christmas.
0: Oh, So, so pre-Christmas
1: I missed it, but no, you don't miss out on it. They, I was going to say, you, he's still stung <laughs> they you. It gets around the next oh, year. Oh, no. Yeah, do you they, think you got past nah, it? No, nah, no. Nah. Oh, I, I, I would have been that,
0: cheering. Like, yes! No, nah,
1: nah, <laughs> so anyone who misses it for whatever reason, whether it's injury or in my case so coming out Christmas, Everyone does it. Oh. So, with exception of a couple, like, it's funny. Drew <laughs> Hughes at the Storm has never done it. Like he's he's had wow. So he had a back surgery. I think he's first. Someone year. let
0: the big dogs know. Yeah, get them, no. Get him in the army don't camp. worry. It's
1: it's very well known at Melbourne. Oh, that like,
0: what a joke! Yeah. This is bullshit.
1: <laughs> I know. So he's not done it, and I'm not sure that he ever will.
0: <laughs> um, Mate, but I think even so, the He's he's beat the system. I know he's beat it. <laughs> even when
1: Jason Riles came as a. 30 odd year old player like veteran played for New South Wales played for Australia Mm. like very well respected player he had to do the camp so there was no no one because of how good you are or what you've achieved gets out of it Um, so yeah I I arrived in January for pre-season it wasn't until the December that year like 2015 that I did the army camp was that the
0: first army camp you'd been
1: on? Uh, we did like a like a a 24 hour one at the the dogs. I yeah. was a tree. We started at like three in the morning. Yeah. So we, we came from home, meet, met at Belmore, at three in the morning, and then we started and we we finished by three in the Arbor. So it was kind of like a twelve-hour thing. Yeah.
0: yeah. And it was
1: like it was hard, but the the storm one was like a three-day yeah. one.
0: The tough thing is the no sleep. That's the hardest part. Yeah. Of camps, yeah. They the no they sleep. fed us
1: reasonably. Like that was. It wasn't like a food deprivation or anything. Mm. Like they fed us fine. But yeah, the sleep deprivation. Like I think. I think we started Thursday morning, so I would have been up at six o'clock on six a.m. on the Thursday morning. Mm. Finished at like midday on the Saturday, and in that time, would have had like ten minutes sleep. I reckon, like oh. in that time. So they just keep you awake the whole time, Mate. and just with like monotonous tasks as yeah. well. Like the first yeah. day is like really physical, obviously, like to just try and drain you physically, and then after that, it's like it's physical as well, but it's more so like I remember one of the last days we did this task it was the last morning before we finished it was like moving rocks so oh. he drove us to this place and he's like they dumbed it up so he got a phone call from me he's like oh you need those rocks moved <laughs> it's like oh okay oh. No, no worries." so <laughs> we some moved some him, like we moved these rocks like maybe 15 meters like we just had to pick up the heavy rocks yeah moving 15 meters and just going back and forwards back and forwards and we've probably spent like 45 minutes like an hour like moving these rocks yeah. to one location and then we got in the bus to leave and as we're leaving, he got a ring, ring, dummy phone call. Oh. It's like, "What's that, mate? You want those rocks moved back?" <laughs> so, like, we just moved these rocks fifteen meters. How many rocks there were? It took an
0: hour. The role play is such a piss <laughs> take. It's like, <laughs> yeah. rah, just say we yeah, have to move the rocks. Exactly. So, like,
1: it was absolutely pointless. Like, yeah. it was a monotonous task that had no point to it whatsoever. But it yeah. was like, it was trying to test us mentally yeah. for someone to go, oh. Why are we doing this? Yeah, like, why are we, like getting filthy and then to yeah. break? It? But that was what they wanted to do. Yeah, and I think the reason behind Craig obviously wanting to do the camp is, I think he could find out more about people in that three days than he can over the course of the preseason.
0: Almost your life, seriously. yeah.
1: So I think he like because you put under so much stress, and then you know you got to communicate. Like you know the second day is going to be the toughest. Yeah, or the last day, like. Communicating under duress and just seeing how people's body language is during that mm. time. Like, he can learn so much in that period of time rather than analysing them over the course of the preseason. Like, you've, he's got 50 blokes he needs to watch yeah. during the course of the preseason. Whereas, in that period of time, there's only. 12 to 15 blokes that are going on this camp mm. and he's able to watch them, you know, yeah. Hawkeye watch them.
0: Mate, and he
1: comes and watches the camps and hides behind bushes and oh, watches blokes. No. So
0: the, 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 uh, it's like the urban, urban myths, urban legends of Bellamy jumping out yeah. of bushes and that. Oh, yeah. man. No, he's
1: always there observing and like even to the point where obviously we're awake for all of it, like yeah. the players, like, but they'll only go and have like five-hour stint for sleep and then and it's probably when we're doing like a monotonous task so he doesn't really need to, to yeah, be there so for yeah. it.
0: Uh, mate those uh army camps they reveal so much about you about yourself you learn so much about yourself and also i think you you realize how much you 're capable of like, yeah crazy how much yeah, you 're capable
1: of. I know that 's yeah that 's probably one of the biggest learnings and like and it is the hardest thing mentally and physically like i 've done like yeah. it's it's it is really hard but yeah you do like once you 've finished it like I feel like that's the connection that everyone's got forever then. Mm. So it's like anyone who comes, you know, anyone who comes, came to the club, like, it's like, oh, we've we've got been a common. Yeah, we've been through it together. So yeah. that's like you kind of a respect thing for it as well. So mm. the next year when someone else does it, there's always stories. Oh, did this happen? Did that happen? Like, yeah, there's always yeah. so many good stories that come out for, of it. And they're always quite similar because you've done the same sort of yeah. things. It's, it's just like a respect thing.
0: Mate, it's uh – we, we did a few of them a few of the other camps the first one was a six day one it was outrageous but once you get through one army camp the next army camps they suck they suck but they're nowhere near as hard because you know that you've just got to just keep going yeah. like you just keep going It's you're not yeah. going to die yeah. That's that's that's, and that's,
1: yeah so that's got to be the mindset because yeah. like as I said you know they're going to try and physically like do as much as they can yeah. and then like as I said the monotonous tasks become like they want to, someone to blow up and go oh why are we doing this? And then yeah, as you're you're yeah. right. Like you just you just gotta get you just gotta get it's, in just, autopilot and just get it done.
0: Autopilot. Seriously, yeah. like life sucks. Like there's been times where like some camps where I'm literally like sleeping, trying to sleep in the rain, like sliding down mud hills and stuff, but you just think I'm just going to go through pain for a few days and that's it. Whereas the first time, you're in your head constantly going, I can't believe this is happening. Like, what's going on?
1: And you you listen to blokes as well, like, who talk about stories of what they had to do. Like, oh, did you, like, and then you will go, oh, I think we're doing this now. Like, yeah. I think we're doing the march or I think we're doing the, yeah, yeah." you know what I mean? Like, and then you you're kind of guess it and go on. And then, oh, no,
2: that's not
0: what we're doing. <laughs> yeah, 100%. <laughs> and
1: blokes are like wigging out. Like, is, there, is, that, much, is that much talk going on in their head?
0: <laughs> oh, mate. Um, okay, so that first year you get there, and I guess, what's it like, you rock up, you're playing with Cooper Cronk, Cameron Smith, Billy Slater, what's yeah. that like?
1: It was, so we we didn't start our, so January when I got there, we didn't start at Amy Park, we we went off site and trained at it a school, Xavier College was a school and we we spent like a two week period there and uh, I just remember like rocking up and idolising those guys and and just how humble they were as well, like because, you know, the big three that everyone speaks about, you just like they're sort of up on a pedestal like everyone because they're such great players but the best thing about them is like they're such good people like they they made an effort to come up and say hello and like Mm. make you feel welcome i think that was the the thing that stuck with me the most was like how humble everyone was when i got there not Mm. just those guys i'm just you know they're the people that everyone speaks about but you know ryan hitchcliffe was was really good um you know all the coaches you know so it was a really good first impression of the club and um, you know, I think that's something that Craig and Frank Panisi sort of have instilled, you know, because they've been there for such a long time that humility for everybody, yeah,
0: absolutely, absolutely. So, that uh, you rock up 2015, uh, 2016, you have the uh, the famous uh, loss to the the Sharkies in the grand final, yeah, so that's your third grand final.
1: Well, as I said, like, I'll, I didn't take for granted the fact that I'd been involved in one so I like, I'd I wasn't ever thinking, oh, I'm ever going to win one because I was thinking, well, I'm, I'm lucky to be here. Like, yeah, I'm happy. Yeah. To, I'm lucky to be in one. Um, I It did hurt, obviously. Like, it, it, did, it did hurt, you know, losing the game and, and particularly because it was such a close game as well. Like, I've actually spoken to the Sharks boys since, particularly the ones who played in that game mm. and it is one of the hardest games that I've been involved yeah, in. Like, are. just because, like, the ball in play time was, like, I feel like it was really high. Like, it was real end-to-end game. Like, mm. they had, like... They had Luke – like, I particularly remember Luke Lewis in it. Like, they had such a good kick chase. Like, that was one thing that really stood out for me was, like, mm. in that game they just bombed the ball to Billy. Was a Billy? No, Cameron Munster, sorry, because mm. Billy missed that season. Um, and they were just catching – like, they were catching us, like, as, as, we're, he, yeah. as, he
0: was, as we were catching it. Just, like, taking the momentum totally out of Yeah, so,
1: like, as middle forwards – getting back behind the ball like we had to go that extra bit further yeah. and then to get a carry to then to get on a kick chase again for mm. then for the same thing to happen again so yeah. i just remember how tough that game and speaking to wade and you know, andrew feeder like since then they, they agreed with me even though they were front-loading energy as well yeah they said oh yeah i've never been so buggy to be yeah, wow. so like we both we it was you know feeling was reciprocated among yeah. the teams but um I think, yeah, the thing that hurt was that it was like a – I think it was 16-14. It was, it was quite a close finish. And even in the moments – like, so I'd, I'd come off at the end of it because I, I got sent off for a HIA at mm. the end of that game. So I watched the rest of the game inside in the sheds on the screen. Mm. And in the last moments of the game at full time, we were attacking their try line like 15 metres out mm. and we were just throwing the ball around. And in that moment, like, we we could have scored and it could have won the game. Yeah um so like i was riding them home like going come on boys
2: yeah yeah, and like
1: yeah and we didn't we didn't obviously like the the player got killed and we you know that was it for the end of the game but like just the closeness of the game was yeah it was was crazy and the way that it finished as well you know we could have easily scored a try they could have easily held us out like it was yeah anything could
0: happen great grand final yeah great grand final um do you remember when uh went crashing over
1: yeah, I was uh, I was one of the many crashed over. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, think, thanks, fucked. thanks, <laughs> mate. <laughs> Appreciate it. <Sorry>, <laughs> nah, I was I was one of involved. I think it was three blokes, but I just don't know how he got his arm free. Like no, he, neither. he just yeah. I, I,
0: I, like I think I was
1: low. I think I was low on him, and um, I don't know who else was involved in the tackle. There was two of them. I think the blokes, Cam Smith think. was. Cam was he? <laughs> just going
0: to say it. Yeah, just to piss <laughs> him off. Um, Can't tackle for shit, Cam Smith.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. So that's I do remember that, and then I think I went. You know, not soon. Soon after that was when I was I you know, went off the field. Yeah, but,
0: I feel like yeah. he's really the only player that could have done that. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like his he, body shape, the way he was playing, his uh, natural ability to be able to carry the carry the ball like quite muscley. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, that,
1: yeah, that's a strength of his as well. Was as you said, like he was always good for um like even still now as well. But like getting an offload away yeah, as well, always, Like always. sort of drifting overs and like mm-hmm. bumping someone and then turning for an offload. So like. He was, yeah, like, you didn't know what he was going to do, but, yeah, mm. stretch Armstrong, stretch out. Mate, and
0: incredible. score to try. At this stage, you're at the Storm. Are you just loving footy, loving life? Yeah,
1: so that's my second year in 2015, 2016. Um, obviously, Billy hadn't played a lot at that stage because I think, I think it was in 2015 where he'd, he'd had his first initial serious shoulder injury and then it was very start of 2016 again where he did it again. So he essentially missed, like, Almost two seasons of football. Incredible. His comeback um, is incredible. Yeah. I think he played half of the fifteen season or around mm. Origin and then after Origin he, yeah. didn't, he didn't come back again. So um, I didn't get to play a whole lot with him in those early periods. Mm. Um, so he wasn't there. But I think, yeah, I was, in, I was really enjoying my footy there. Obviously having not played a lot with him. But, you know, that's where Munster got his opportunity as well to play yeah. like a lot of football. And I guess I don't know where you would have played Munster had – he not had those sort of year and a half yeah. to show what sort of player he was. Because yeah. we had obviously the heart, like Cooper was there as well, yeah. Blake Green was there, quality player. So I don't know how you would have used Munster had you not been able to see what sort of player he was. Mm. Um, so I guess the, the flip side of that is you know, Blake's got their opportunities.
0: As a as a lock and forward, what's it like playing with a guy like Smithy around that ruck area? Because he's the GOAT, like period. Yeah. What's it like being yeah. on the field? Oh, it's
1: unreal. And I, I probably noticed, obviously I knew it as... You know, playing with him, like what, how good he was. But I, I was injured one game, and I sat up in the box and watched the game. I think it was an ANZAC Day game. Uh, I don't know what year it was. It was an ANZAC Day game, and I just, I was watching Cameron and the decisions that he made, and when guys were retreating out of tackles, going to short sides and things like that, and he didn't make a single like wrong error like he always chose the right way to go like he took a short side and something would always eventuate from it Mm. like he'd he'd do a a long ball to someone like he didn't make a single like error and i think that's the biggest thing is like his consistency Mm. to not make mistakes like the difference between his best and worst game is so minimal and that's you know that's why he's so elite i can't remember a bad game yeah like we yeah like yeah, I don't remember too many bad – like, Honestly, any bad games he's played. Yeah, which is crazy. Um, So that was the moment, like, where I was from the outside looking in, you know, seeing how good a player he was. And, mm. But, yeah, as a player, like, even as a – he's not a big bloke. Like, obviously, he gets spotted in defence being a hooker, and that's why most of them make 40, 50 tackles a game. But he was so strong in the tackle as well. Crazy. Like, I remember wrestling him, like, when we would do, like, wrestling drills and stuff. And, like, he'd be putting me on my back because, like, he'd just yeah. suffocate me with his strength. Like,
0: oh, yeah. He'd just, like, he's get you in and just... strength or something. Yeah, like,
1: and not, like, I wouldn't say particularly, like, gym strong. Like, some blokes are really gym strong, which might transfer into yeah. their, like, game strength. But, I mean, his game strength, like, was, I would say, well above what his gym strength yeah. was. Like, he was such a strong well, person you have, on the you field. honestly
0: have to say, like, pound for pound, he's one of the, probably one of the stronger players there is and I yeah. don't mean in the gym probably on the field Yeah, for him to last as long as he did that's what
1: I mean the amount of guys that would wrestle in like the preseason, mm. like bigger guys than him and like, he'd have them on their back
0: oh, yeah. it was like it was ridiculous he was so good at like getting sick line speed but he would take a tiny step back just as they got to him yeah. and he would control the yeah. the contact really well he's good at absorbing contact and I know that he
1: when he was playing he copped a like he he got, like, copped it for holding players down and that sort of thing, but it was because he was so strong in the tackle.
2: Yeah. Like, it yeah. was
1: because, it, like I said, he'd make the contact and he'd just squeeze him to death yeah. and it was like he'd earned the right to stay on him because... That's
0: well, yeah, <laughs> you, can't, you can't hold someone down if you don't dominate tackle usually, yeah. unless it's, like, yeah. so obvious that you're, like, literally just hanging on the legs or something yeah, like
1: that. Yeah, no, but it's... Yeah, like, he's... Yeah, he just had such a... He was just so strong in the yeah. tackle, which is...
0: And so, uh, 2017, Billy obviously comes back. What was that like, wishing, uh, witnessing one of the great journeys, you know, mm. of a guy that a lot of people thought may not play footy with his shoulder, mm. comes back and he's, you know.
1: Yeah, well, I think that would have been in his thinking. Like, I genuinely think he would have been questioning, you know, he's had, he'd had two season-ending shoulder injuries mm. and – you know, it'd be easy to question, you know, and he's obviously, you know, he was in his mid, early mid, or not early mid, he was in his mid-30s at that stage, yeah. so it'd be easy to consider retirement at that stage, but um, to come back and the way that he did, you know, he retrie- he got his Origin jersey back in the second game, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, was there a tour at the end? Of- was there any Australian stuff at the end of that year? I'm not sure. 17. I just yeah, remember. there was. There was. There was Australian stuff at the end of that year as well. Yeah. It was a part of that. And then he was the Clive Churchill medalist in that game Incredible. as well. So, I mean, to come back from all the adversity that he had and then to, you know, achieve all the things and get back to his best footy again. Yeah. That's, yeah, it's
0: admirable. Was his work ethic just on another level?
1: Yeah, and he's funny, like, obviously because it was his shoulder injury, he had this, like, it was a broomstick that he'd, like, just carry around with him everywhere. And I think it was, like, he had to get into this area of his shoulder like to do some like cuff stuff and I was it to release a muscle to yeah. help something else i don 't know what the mechanics of it were, but he just had this broomstick that he just carried around with him everywhere
0: and he was just was always, constantly doing always that. just oh. releasing muscles oh. and doing it. the boy just giving it to him like, oh. lose the broomstick. No,
1: just, well, it was so day-to-day that it was just like, it's just part of what he does. Like, that's,
0: <laughs> there's his broomstick, he's just got it with him everywhere. Oh, man, if he wasn't such a legend, I would have stolen it. <laughs> yeah, <It'd be> like, <laughs> yeah. Fucking with his broomstick. Oh, he, he
1: probably would have lost it. <laughs> but, yeah, like, his attention to detail of everything in terms of, like, all his rehab stuff, what he's doing, like, mm. was second to none because partly – as I said I don't know what his thinking was, but he may have been thinking that you know this is his last opportunity yeah. to play again, so you know give it everything that he's got. But you know I think that that's just who he is anyway. Like yeah. that was just the way that he plays, the way that he prepares, the amount of video that he does, even as even in retirement. Like from my time, you know, being at the Storm, I know that he had like a a good relationship you know, after footy with, you know, Ryan Pappenhausen, Nico Hines, the yeah. guys that were sort of, you know, back three, back five players. Yeah. And he'd still be doing, like, video and cutting clips and, like, sending – I don't even know if he had to. Like, I don't even know so if it was part was of his – I don't out. know if it was his part of his job or – but he would have done it anyway, like, just yeah. to try and help those guys. Like, and I know talking to Paps like, during, um, you know, the periods of his career when he was coming in to play, uh, play fullback as well, like – they would go and catch up with each other. And mm. Billy is someone who always thinks outside the box as well. And, yep. you know, thinks trying to tweak and different, do different plays. And, like, I think he sort of got Ryan onto that sort of train of thinking as well. Mm. And I think he's been really good with his development, like, as a player, as a fullback yeah. as I well. I mean, look at Papin, in there. And as a, yeah, as a fair mentor to have. Oh, man. I know Incredible. even going to, like, so Billy did a lot with St Kilda AFL Club as well. A lot of it was leadership stuff that he did with them, but part of it was like, some like tactical stuff yeah okay and like you would question like oh what can you teach us that's going to be beneficial because yeah. you're a league player you're mm-hmm. coming in and um i'm i've got a, a good friend that's at st kilda as well and talking to him he's like oh yeah billy's like invented these drills like and he's like he's burning he's burning players with like d- dummy like dummy Far, and, yeah. like getting around players and like yeah they're sort of pretty gobsmacked by like what he's able to bring in and what he's able to sort of yeah teach even though it's not his sport like he sort of he's implementing and teaching guys things in a new sport. So you've got
0: to have such a good sporting mind. Anyone that's like best athlete or whatever power rate athlete mm. a few years in a row. Yeah. He's just like this yeah, he just Yeah, he's ultimate like competitor, he's yeah.
1: ultimate athlete I said cuz he leaves no stone unturned with his preparation. Mm. Like he's, whether it's yeah, rehab, recovery, yeah. video, he's just he's ultimate professional.
0: You guys are playing great uh, the Cowboys scrape in but really you dominated that grand final what what do you remember from the grand final it's the first one you end up winning and
1: yeah you know. so we had we had richie McCaw come in and speak to us the the week leading into the grand final mm. and you know everyone knows who richie McCaw is is an all black's great he's captain um he came in and spoke to the group just about his experiences in big games and you know his achievements and you know his preparation and all those sorts of things and i think one of the biggest things i got out of that speech was he sort of a bit, spoke about like embracing the moment and actually taking it in and speaking to you before about you know those the three grand finals that I've been involved in previously I don't think that I did that I didn't sort of embrace it look around the crowd I kind of was just like tunnel vision yeah. and I didn't really take in the atmosphere and as and I, I said I don't have a lot of memories of it mm. but because of that like I, I took it in and I, I remember a lot more around the game
0: because yeah, of yeah. sort of what he said yeah
1: um. So yeah, I was mindful of that. As you said, they 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 did well to scrape in. Like they, I think they might have even been relying on a game. Yeah, they were to yeah. make
0: the eight. Yeah, and then
1: they went on and won the three finals in a row.
0: Morgan, it was uh Morgan. Some of Morgan's best ever. Like some of the best form I've seen from a seven. Like mm. he was incredible. Yeah, incredible. And the big Jason Tamalola as well. Yeah. Um. So in the game, do you remember anything specifically in the game?
1: Uh, I remember early on the um the Sean Fancym he he badly oh, broke yeah. his ankle or yeah. something i think i'm not sure exactly what it was his it was, it was lower leg related so we sort of we sort of had a bit of momentum i think jesse Bromwich might have made a break mm. and um and not long and just around that was when so there was a big pause in play for a long period of time it was quite early in the game so yeah. as you can imagine you've sort of um you've done the, did do the anthem i forget i That's think the they anthem. do the anthem yeah, yeah so we did, did the anthem um and then obviously yeah, you might get your ball in the hands a bit more and then like four minutes in the game, I reckon it was. It was not long.
2: Yeah, we well.
1: Like so everyone's still pumped up. Yeah. And then we sort of – there's a long break in play for a period of time. Mm. So that was kind of like oh, – that was hard, I guess, because you kind of still want to get going. Like it's there's 80,000 people there. The yeah. atmosphere is huge. Yeah. And there's kind of just like a bit of a lull in the game. Mm. So I do – that's sort of the first memory I have of it. But I think from memory the – all the tries that we scored A lot of the tries that we scored Were like Plays that we trained Yeah okay. Like so I think when Billy uh, Felice scored No Billy scored Like that was a trained one So it was good to see Like the ones that we trained And like Tactically Worked out mm. Like they They come to fruition
2: And, yeah, and, we, yeah. and
1: we scored um, Yeah so Yeah so that was yeah. I was, was just exciting. He's got to, a meaty too. Got a meaty as well. Tell
0: me, it, like, do you remember that the feeling? <laughs> yeah, of going I remember on the Scoring in an NRL grand final, yeah.
1: and that like was something we'd spoken about as well. Was um, I think the way that the Cowboys had defended at that time, the onus on was a lot on the inside man because I, I think they were like a, they slid quite a lot. Yeah, and I think their their four man like their back rower often sort of slid out, and we were sort of preparing for that. Mm. And I think whoever was there. Sort of did did do that, yeah, okay. and they sort of slid out, and I sort of the space had opened up for me. Yeah. So I think sort of when I embraced Smithy because Smithy was passing the ball, and he yeah. was the first person that came to me when I scored the try. Yeah. Um, it was almost like we we, we practised and we trained for yeah. that sort of because that was the way that their defensive system was at the time. Mm. So it was exciting because something like that had had, yeah. had worked out. Mate. uh But yeah, like yeah, the feeling of that, oh. and that was sort of. That was at the back end of the game as well so that was sort of a feeling of like we're bloody close we're to it it, yeah. being done like yeah. it wasn't the job wasn't done yet yeah but like i think the following try from that was like almost sealed it with the amount of time that was left mm. and i think i remember getting to i do remember coming to a scrum at the very end and, and we couldn't lose at this stage like the with the amount of time that was left and the amount of points they needed to get it was physically impossible for yeah. them to win the game and i think me and jesse like embraced each other and we just got really yes. excited <laughs> I think it was Billy that was just like, he sort of just like calmed us down. He's like, it, right, like, yeah. we haven't won yet. Like, yeah. we're going to win, but, but but with the games not over yet, and yeah. I just didn't, didn't matter. Like, I was still just, like, <laughs> still just so excited, just yeah. thinking, like, let, like can't wait for the Hooter to go because it's going to be so exciting. But yeah. that was like a moment that I remember going to the scrum and Billy just like keeping um, it a calm yeah. for us.
0: The, the veteran. Yeah, I know. That feeling incredible, but like seeing Slater winning that Clive Churchill as mm, well.
1: Yeah, as I said, I think because of the adversity that he came back with through his injury, whether he was going to return or whether he was, you know, possibly going to retire, um, yeah, like he deserved it for everything that he came back for, and the way that he played in that game It was, yeah, it was a good finish.
0: Mm. Um, and what about the the celebrations after? What were they like? Oh, good. Yeah, <laughs> it, was fun.
1: it was good to be on the winning side. <laughs> yeah, bloody hell. We um we stayed at the Pullman. I think most teams stayed at the Pullman yeah. when they that week leading the grand final so we, we 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 stayed at the ground for actually a long time like we we stayed at the ground at a, at Z till maybe three o'clock in the morning I reckon yeah. so it was good like there were guys that were still in their full playing kit like guys that hadn't had a shower like yeah. I think Smithy came back on the plane in his playing kit like no he, way. he might have gone in his on the plane if not it was he would have had a shower like at seven o'clock in the morning before our eight o'clock flight. Like what oh, would yeah.
0: have been like... A thousand beers.
1: Yeah, there was a few beers. <laughs> <laughs> so we, yeah, we'd stayed at ANZ there till three o'clock in the morning. And then, then I think we trickled over to, there was a room they had for us at the at the Pullman there. So we stayed there. I don't think, No one would have slept. Yeah. And then we had a charter flight that was flying us back to Melbourne. It's near seven or eight o'clock in the morning, I think, because we were going to Federation Square. We were going to be greeted by like all mm. of our members and supporters. Um... So, yeah it, was, yeah, it was a tough bus ride and plane ride back mm. <laughs> to, to Melbourne.
0: Hurting, <laughs> Yeah, it was hurting a little bit. <laughs> and
1: then, yeah, then we got there and then, yeah, celebration. I think we went to a, <clears throat> to a pub or something after yeah. that and we just sort of kicked on. I think the game was – the game replayed throughout the day or something. We, we, we ended up watching the game together while we were having beers and stuff. So, oh,
0: yeah,
1: it was, a, it was a fair celebration.
0: Okay, so the next year you make oh, – sorry, 2019 – you make your uh, – you sorry, the 2018 grand final, you ro- roll in against a red-hot Roosters side. Yeah. Just didn't seem to – was it just not your day that day? Just didn't seem to click externally looking. Yeah.
1: It's um, a similar sort of feeling, I guess, to the the Sharks game. Like they just had – they had such high energy at the start of the game and they just had a similar plan, I think, to like two years before where bombing, like kicking high yeah. and then like landing on the fullback mm. and then – you know, harder, longer for the forwards to retreat back behind the ball and then just trying to, you know, front load their energy to yeah. try and, like, limit our metres as best they could. Mm. And, you know, we we're obviously trying to do the same thing, so it's a battle of, you know, a battle of trying to do that. But, yeah, that that's probably one of the other games where I probably felt the most fatigued as well. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, just wasn't our day.
0: Um, and so, yeah, 2018 obviously heartbreaking. But 2019, you had a call-up in the second game for Origin Series. uh. I mean, how did the
1: call up happen? Yeah, it was exciting. Um, trying to think back to the moment where where it happened. I, I was at home when I got the call from Freddie, mm. and I'd been involved in previous times, like as injury cover. Mm. Like I'd yeah. not gone in as not even necessarily as eighteenth or night like nineteenth. It might have even been like you know twentieth man in case. Like there was one year I think where Boyd corner or Tyson Frazelle there was a couple of boys that were under an injury cloud.
2: Mm.
1: So I went in just as injury cover in a in some previous years and then i got the call from freddie um who told me that i was going to be involved like in the squad again yeah so i didn't know still whether i was playing or not until mm. like i got to the camp so even getting to the camp wow. i don't even think it was till a day or so later that i was oh. like anyone asked i'm like so am i playing yeah like, 100% yeah absolutely. <laughs> like am i over the squad like yeah. i didn't care i was i was happy to be involved in the squad didn't, yeah. didn't bother me but i wasn't sure What capacity I was involved Mm. Um, And then yeah Like later found out That I was I was playing So I was I was pumped with that And yeah That was in Perth First game was in Perth So um,
0: Was that the Tom Travojevich Hat-trick one? Yeah yeah. So we
1: We ended up winning Pretty convincingly I think it was 30 30 something to 4 Or whatever it was But It was different I guess a different experience You know Only later finding out Obviously, having like a not a New South Wales, it was like a pretty neutral crowd. Yeah, because it was in Perth, so yeah. that was like a different experience to later experiencing playing in Brisbane and playing it. Um, playing at ANZ. yeah.
2: Um,
1: obviously, different playing at ANZ because you've just got the Blatchie's Blues. It's all you know. It's all blues. Mm. You know, you've got the crowd advantage there, obviously, and obviously the moment where you know the the Teddy try in that that last game.
2: Yeah,
1: but me the uh, yeah the last try that he scored in the. Like, just on full time was, like,
0: ridiculous. Were you on the field at that stage?
1: Yeah, I was on the field. So, like, I'd never experienced anything like it because I'd always either been a minority crowd, I guess, because even when I was at the Bulldogs, we we, would have had the majority crowd, I guess, against Melbourne in 2012. Yeah. But I said, I don't really have a a lot of memories of it. Yeah. And it was a pretty – I'd say it was probably a more South Sydney dominant crowd in 2014 because they hadn't been in the grand final for years. They'd been forever, so – to have like such a dominant New South Wales crowd mm. was just like oh like I've never experienced anything like yeah. it before because like it was just so many eighty thousand blues yeah um, and the way that it was won the way oh. that it was game was it was just like yeah it was hard to
0: mate it's, yeah
1: it was a fond memory
0: so you when so you you're on the field you're playing whatever. Boyd Corner gets to play the ball, he passes it to Cam Murray. Cam Murray gives it to gives it Tom Travoy, I
1: got in the way a little bit of that too. Did I you? wasn't I was sure whether I was running a lead or whether I was sitting back. So, like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm Funny whenever I see the, the play unfold, Cam got the ball and he played out the back to Mitch Pierce. But I was like, I was sort of in no man's land of the play. I was just like, oh, I didn't really contribute to anything here, but <laughs> good on you for screwing the try. Mate, chalk it up, so I
0: was part of the play. I ran <laughs> yeah, the I was in there. <laughs> just a boy from, is it south of Bega? what's that south of Bega oh it was in
1: Bega yeah, Bega, yeah, Bega, like, Bega.
0: yeah Virginia Bega so a boy from Bega winning an Origin series what's yeah. that feeling
1: like no it was unreal it's a very surreal moment and as I said just like I was I was really happy just to be involved like mm. as playing Origin um, you know second game got the call out to play third game was the decider yeah and yeah as I said the way that it was won as well like yeah I was pretty I was chuffed
0: mate what a I mean to win it like that, you know, like that, it's going to go down in folklore. I can still see Teddy diving over the line, going, mm. oh, looking up. Yeah. Because um, that
1: was, um, oh, back row, I've, the name escaped me for a moment, the back row who debuted, um, who's retired since. Um, God, I've lost my anyway. For
0: New South Wales? No, no, for
1: Queensland. For Queensland. Had a blinder. Um,
0: uh, Gavin Cooper? Lo- oh, Ethan, Ethan Lowe, Lowe, sorry, Lowe. Sorry, yes, yes. Ethan
1: Lowe. Yeah, he had a blinder as well. Yeah, he, like he,
0: it was he, incredible. He was really
1: good for him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like he came up with some really big plays yeah, as well, like on the boo. So like, he had like one of the best debuts of like probably kind of someone you've seen. Yeah. And um, yeah. So that was uh, that. I don't know why I remember that, but yeah. then obviously the moment of the of
0: winning. Yeah. Yeah. It was special. Incredible. Incredible. Okay, so 2019, um, which you guys got beaten, I think, by the Roosters in the prelim. Yep. And then so I remember, I think I like uh, an interview with Bellamy, you could see it really, really stung him. Did it sting the yeah. playing groups quite yeah. a lot?
1: Yeah, I think I that think stung so much because we'd had like one of the best home and away seasons that year. So yeah. we, I think we'd only lost three games. You looked unstoppable. Like we lost incredible. three games, I'm pretty sure, no more than four. It was three or four. Yeah. And like I think we'd had a record for like a, a t- some sort of attacking record. I don't know what it was. It might yeah. have been points scored or – something but so statistically we done if you looked at her on paper you'd have gone oh they would have done really well they yeah. they may have made, made or won the grand final on paper um so i think that was the most disappointing thing was because we'd done so well up until that point as i said we'd achieved records with home and away season was really good and then at the final straw we like we let ourselves down mm. so that was that was why it was particularly disappointing because, you know, the players felt that way. Craig felt that way as well. Yeah. Um, it was just a bit of an anti-climax to, like, a really good year.
0: 2020, uh, obviously COVID hits. He's all move away. Um, your sixth grand final appearance as well. Uh, also, uh, February, um, you're announced the co-captains of Melbourne, succeeding the great Cameron Smith. Um, so, like, yeah, the 2020 grand final, what was that like?
1: Yeah, it a, obviously it was a weird season because we like all the uncertainty around that season was so we played two games at the start of that year and then we all got bought in and then I still remember pretty vividly Frank Panisi, our footy manager just saying like COVID's hit mm. go home like we don't know how long it could be the season it could be a month like we've got no idea yeah. like we don't know what's going to happen so all the uncertainty around that was like like we're literally just like leaving and going back to wherever we're from yeah. And for an unknown amount of time it's as well, crazy. so it's like, like, what
0: do I like? Do, am I gonna yeah. go work somewhere? So like, I don't yeah. have a job. Like, yeah. I know
1: some staff, like, some of our staff members went and like got jobs,
2: crazy.
0: like,
1: they went and worked and did other stuff, yeah. Because obviously, you know, we like um, players and staff like pay cuts as well, so it's like some of those other guys needed more money to support yeah. their families and sure. things as well, so um. It was a really strange year, and it ended up being seven weeks or something all up that we came back, and then we ended up coming back to... We spent like a three-week stint in Albury, and did like a pre-season training, like a mini pre-season training camp there, and then... Yeah, so it was just weird how the the year unfolded to then sort of play like a condensed season, like it was a 20-round season, I think, all up, and then obviously we relocated to Sunshine Coast Mm. indefinitely as well, which ended up being four months for us. Yeah. So I just... There was so much uncertainty around whether we were returning home, whether partners were coming. Mm. Partners come up in dribs and drabs, but then they had to isolate some of them. So it was just like it was a it was a nightmare. Yeah, <laughs> like In terms of relocation, like yeah. definitely not taken away from what society was going through Absolutely. at the time because it was people lost jobs and yep. like a lot of bad stuff was happening. But in, in a football context, it was it was like something we'd never experienced before.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, but yeah, so I think to go through all of that adversity in a football context. To all the travel and all the changing that we'd held, sort of had to then go on and win the grand final like that's probably the one that stands out for that because it was because of everything that went went into that year mm. and like no crowds for all the games and like a, it was like there's a limited crowd for the grand final even yep. like it was um, because of the year that it was to win that one was like it was special.
0: Yeah was, when the shit hit the fan you guys kind of yeah. came out strong and the game also changed as well. Yeah. I thought that was really good too to show that you know, the knock on the storm for a period was, oh, they're just really good at wrestling. That's why they win the comp. Then the rules come in and it changes. In the yeah. first year where wrestling is nowhere near as yeah. effective, you guys win the comp. Yeah. The it's funny it's you say that, that as well because
1: we, like, do a lot of, like, the coaches do, like, a lot of statistical analysis down there as well. And it's funny, like, we were, like, we were, like, not even the top four best at the time for slowing the ruck down. Like, we were, like, sixth or something. Yeah, we are. So I was, like, whenever you'd get that – um whenever you get that feedback from media and stuff about the storm, it's like you'd almost laugh and you go, we're well, not even the top four for yeah. like someone to play them all down. Yeah. Like, so it was, it's it was kind of, you'd almost, laugh, you'd almost yeah. laugh at it because it was like statistically it's not even like we we were six I think yeah. at, the, at that time. Yeah. So and, um, I,
0: and, and that's the thing, like I, I think as a club that was such a good win for you guys because it proved like, no, no, the reason we win comps is because of the standards we set and the way we do things. It's not about some little gimmicky thing that we happen to do. Yeah. Um, that's,
1: I think that's the strength of Craig as well. Is the fact that, and that's why he's had success for two decades. Is because he's just got, and you probably spoken to Cameron about this as well. But he's just got such. There's no nothing fancy about what he does. It's just, it just gives individuals and units within the team like mm. really simple roles. Yeah, and he's just got a high expectation. On the roles within them mm. whether it's you individually or whether it's your unit whether it's your edge whether it's your middle group yeah he's just got high expectations of them and he reviews them so diligently like at training like after an error, like i think there was a thing where we had to do i thought it was six push-ups he had to do after a, a thing and jason riles What well, he wasn't sure either but he's like he wasn't sure if it was six or ten
2: yeah
1: and i remember riley coming over he goes oh mate just be careful because um we like at the end of the session when we've done it like that's when you do your push ups yep. obviously and he's like like we, we saw that you only did like 6 push ups so like I'm, mate I'm not sure if it's 6 or 10 but like maybe just do 10 <laughs> and <laughs> I was like oh mate like i like, sorry around. I thought it
2: was 6 Yeah, yeah. but
1: like that's the sort of stuff he's reviewing like he's yeah, reviewing wow. who and how many push ups you're doing like after like not just the scrimmage not like what your edge is doing yeah. the half jam there whatever like technically what you're doing like he's checking every little thing <sighs> on the field so that's like if he's going to that level of detail to check out things like you can imagine the level of detail that he expects from individuals Mm. on the field to do their role
0: yeah incredible from Craig like that and it's true you have to set the standards like you have to set the standards yeah yeah, Um, exactly so okay 2020 that first half was just you blow them off the park and then the 2020 yes yes first half you blow them off the park and things are looking fantastic life's good second half They they score a try and you guys are doing such uncharacteristic things. What was it like
1: there? Yeah, I know. Like, you definitely don't think in the first half that you've won it because even though we were we were like twenty nil up, I think like we were winning pretty well Mm. first half. And like, obviously, Craig, you know, very good at keeping people grounded and saying like, make sure you keep doing what you're doing. Like, make sure you don't get complacent in anything and yeah I said there was some uncharacteristic errors some like yeah uncharacteristic misses in you know defence and I think at the end of the game like they only needed one try yeah. to win the game crazy and we had 11 men on the field yeah two sin we had to kick off to them so we had 11 <gasps> men two sin bins yeah so you can imagine what like his head was doing
0: were you thinking Cronulla you were you thinking oh fuck like the-
1: oh I, I wasn't thinking I, I was mine on the job like really yeah. like in the moment like I was just thinking righto what do we do like yeah and just trying to think like you just got to move like you just got to move even if it's not particularly your job or role because there's only 11 blokes Mm. you've got to cover and you've got to cater to that for those missing people so I said we only had to make one tackle like we didn't have to defend a set or anything yeah we just had to kick off because full time had gone yeah and just tackle whoever had the ball so
2: it's just like
1: we're just like sheep trying (laughs) to like trying to herd and just trying to get whoever got it so Yeah. yeah they ran it they shifted it and then like they passed the ball a heap of times and then as soon as the ball was dead, it was just like a moment of like, oh, how good, like such yeah. relief because partly because we're so fatigued like yeah. from the game, but now like just relief that like we defended with 11 men, we've yeah. won a grand final, oh. like, and the year that had been like, it was just like such a good way to finish it off, particularly because the way that Panthers were going as well. Like, mm. They, they were on a, like a 19, like Massive they were won like however many a row, like yeah. they lost maybe one or two at the beginning of the year, maybe. Yep. But I, don't, I think maybe post, like, the COVID break, I think they might have won every game nearly. Yeah. Um, so, that, like, to to win, like, to break that drought, for, like, spell for them as well yeah. was, like, I don't know, felt good to do Mate.
0: that. Uh, you guys have had a record-breaking season, but you fall short. Um, when did the decision begin to become apparent that you may – because, like, I assume, like, it seems like you and Bellamy have such a good relationship and he rates you so highly – and I'd assume that at the time you thought you'd be a one-club player. When did it start becoming a conversation of, like, maybe I am going to be looking elsewhere?
1: Um, so we started conversations, like, earlier in the year, um, in 2021, like, about what, what the option, like, about staying. Yeah. And I think they still had a few moving pieces that they sort of had to work out salary cap-wise and players that they needed to retain and all those sorts of things. So um, the conversation was sort of... We were still having conversations, but sort of got a lot more serious probably mid-year in 2021, mm. I'd say. And it sort of dawned on me at that point that, like, another club may be a genuine option, like, that I may have to do it.
2: Yeah.
1: And it was, you know, there's a few different things, you know, that, that came into it. Obviously the fact that the term, the term that I could sort of stay there was only sort of shorter term as well mm. Obviously because they had so many players They need to retain as well Like the club's always been so good at Making players great And, and retaining and, and turning yeah. players over So you know I guess it was just Even look at the retention In the recruitment That they've sort of done recently Like obviously the Bromwich boys Have since had to go Like they're still at the club But they're, yeah. they're moving on Felice moving on mm-hmm. Brandon's moving on So it's like the calibre of players that Those guys that they've moved on Yeah they can't hold on to everyone. Absolutely. Like you look at the guys that they've got there. They've like retained Harry Grant, Ryan Pappenhausen, and um, Jerome Hughes. Like mm. so
0: now they're in a battle to keep Munster. Yeah, Munster yeah. as
1: well. So you can't keep everyone. And yeah. that's just the nature of the salary cap. You mm. can't keep everyone. So I understood that it was, you know, potentially my time to have to move on. Yeah. Um that's when I yeah, i was had to give serious consideration to the options that were being presented to us. Yeah. And i was really happy that the sharks were one of the options mm. because i'd had a relationship with craig fitzgibbon through the origin through origin yeah. and through country origin when he was the coach there as well so i think having that prior relationship and knowing what sort of person and pla like a coach that he was yeah the fact that the roosters had so much success based on his sort of defensive mentality because he's been the assistant and defensive coach yeah. there for a decade so i knew that he was going to bring that defensive minorness to the club as well and even talking to Nico, you know, since the pitch that I sort of – you know, every like – the coach and the head of football or whatever, obviously pitching to go to their club. Yeah. It was everything everything that I wanted to hear. Yeah, and it yeah. was, And it's been delivered on since then. Yeah. So, you know, the, just the, the culture that he's brought to the club, the defensive-mindedness, all that sort of stuff was what he spoke about and it's come to fruition. And yeah. that was what I wanted to be a part of moving forward. Mm. So – I was happy that yeah, that was the option that we were presented
2: with.
0: And so were there – was there many options? We
1: had myself and the my manager, like we – I sort of only – I only I didn't want to be involved in the whole process of it because I didn't want to be thinking about it all the time. Yeah. So I just sort of said, like, when we've got some serious considerations, about, obviously when we touch touching base with clubs, yeah, wanted to talk about well, how do you see me playing football, like what? how's the club – you know, all the questions that you've got around football.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, I wanted to know those things because they're really important and that obviously comes into the decision of wanting to go there.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, but in terms of the contractual sort of stuff, I didn't want to be along yeah. the ride for that. So I sort of just said, once we've got some decisions to make, let's have a discussion about it.
2: Yeah.
1: So once that sort of period of time came around, like we had some – some real serious mm. um, options to consider, like with with other clubs as well.
0: Is, was there any that um, really interested you, and was a possibility?
1: Yeah, there was some. Um, yeah, out of respect to the clubs, I won't name yeah, them just sure, in case sure. you know they, they don't want me to to let them know. But the, yeah, there were some really like very very genuine options that yeah. we were considering. Uh, but in the end, the you know the main thing that for me that it came down to was the footy side of it. Um, you know, obviously all the other secondary stuff that comes with it is, you know, lifestyle, yeah. where you're going to live, yeah. you know, everyone's money comes into it as well for everyone, yeah. you know, provide for your family. Um, you know, while all that sort of stuff was important to me, the, what Craig was wanting to bring to the club and the way that he wanted to coach the team and, I as I said, the vision going forward for the club was just something that I really wanted to be a part of and, mm. you know, I would have I kicked myself if I'd have gone somewhere else, you know, potentially for more money and and not and you know and looked at them and, and then seeing them have success yeah, i would yeah. have been like oh i would have loved to have been a Be part, part of that, of that yeah so,
0: so the so the vision like nico spoke about the same thing like fitzgibbon's, fitzgibbon's vision really sold it to him was it the vision that that's what made it stand out above the other kind of offers is his yeah, vision
1: yeah I, as i said the fact that yeah. i've had a relationship with him prior so i knew him as a person yeah i knew Partly how he coached, like it's obviously a little bit different in rep environments, yeah. coaching day to day. But that relationship previously obviously had helped me shape my decision.
2: Yeah.
1: And yeah, as I said his vision for the club. And I, I remember like speaking to Nico because Nico had signed first, he'd already signed yeah. there. And Nico was excited about trying, like for me to come to the club as well. He's yeah. like, Oh, you, you want to come to the club? Like, yeah. and after I'd spoken to Craig, like, and then filtering that through back to talking to Nico, yeah. like we were both almost like, had like grids on our face like with how happy we were about his vision and what he was sort of wanting to do for the club was like we really like this like it sounds so So good so it really resonated it really resonated with us and it was a really good fit and and obviously coming from melbourne like having a good system a good culture yeah really good coaching staff i sort of felt like some parallels and some similarities from what i'd been where i had been at to the like i i didn't know the sharks i hadn't i hadn't been there yet so i was from what I had already knew, I already knew. Yeah. I was thinking this is heading in a similar direction to what like we've experienced over, yeah. or what I've experienced over the last seven years. Yeah, and I want to be a part of it. Oh, good. So that was exciting,
0: mate. Yeah, that's that's awesome. So so was it uh, strange putting that jersey on for the first time, the Sharkies one, instead of a, a purple one?
1: Yeah, I mean it's always strange. Even leaving Canterbury, going to Melbourne, it's yeah. always strange. You know, chucking a new jersey on, but yeah, I don't know, like. It felt it felt right when I put it on, and yeah. the funny thing was, like, Nico was actually there the day we we, so the day before I'd arrived for preseason. Mm. I went into the club early to do some some media commitments and like put the jersey on for the first time. So that was the first time, and
2: yeah.
1: Nico was in there as well, and like he had yeah. a shit-eating grin on his face as well. Like yes. chuffed, like we're like we yeah. both come from from where from Melbourne, yeah. and we're we're both like coming to a new club. Yeah. So we're both like really excited yeah, about clearly. the opportunity to like you know try and. Know be a part of what Craig was creating.
0: You know what's the what's the goal personally for you? Obviously to win more premierships and play um, as much orig- Origin as you can. But is is that really the goal? The next you know four years of the time that you're at the Shuckies?
1: Yeah, I think you know. As I said you don't like talking about you know winning premierships yeah. and stuff like early in the year. But like if that's not your goal, like what are you doing? Everyone, yeah, what are you doing? If if that's if your goal isn't to try and be the best and yeah. want to win, like that's everyone's goal when Absolutely. they're playing so while that is the goal as i said there's so much process orientated stuff and luck to an extent at the yeah. end of the year that needs to go your way um but yeah just to be as successful as we can and as i said craig's created you know so much great already at the club you know nico's mm. taken to it really well you know new recruits you spoke about cam mckinnis has been going really for really well for us mm. and it's just and it's gelled really well for us and yeah but as i said we're not we're not naive to think that you know, it's just going to happen for us and there's no more work that needs to go into it because there's you know, there's still a lot of improvement in the side.
0: Before I let you go, who's the best player you've ever played with? Who's someone that, like, obviously you've got your greats and everything, but who's someone that really, you just loved playing with them?
1: Well, obviously, as I said, Cameron's the best. Cameron Smith's, like, yeah. the best player because, as I said, we've already spoken about why he's the best and his leadership and all that sort of stuff. But um, I love playing with James Graham as well. Just yeah, he okay. Was, uh, yeah, like good. that's he he was just so passionate like as i said he was like a bit more like william wallace in like, you know, the <laughs> yeah, like yeah. the freedom like yeah. he was just like he's a different type of leader where cameron was a lot more like you didn't get a whole lot of rise out of him in mm. terms of like like he didn't yell and bellow yeah. like he just knew you just knew with the sternness of what he said yeah. that yep righto like that's what we need to do
2: yeah
1: um but james was really like He'd fire you up with, like, his passion. He was really passionate with the way that he spoke to people and, like, and the way that he played as well. Like, he wore his heart on his sleeve, like, the style of player that he was. You know, you saw the position that he played, like, the blokes that he chased down. Like, he'd be chasing blokes. Like, he was never going to catch some wingers. But he'd be, like, just chasing to the death.
2: Um,
1: I remember a game we played in – they played in um, the Gold Coast and I think he chased Anthony Don. Like, he (laughs) – he didn't. He didn't catch him, but yeah. he just he chased him <laughs> at the absolute death. Like he'd be forgiven uh, for stopping chasing. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Bro, you're burnt yeah, to rest. and
1: I think he did, uh, another one sticks out. Another there was a rep game where he trailed behind the defensive line and then just belted across and like helped. Yeah, and it was like just those moments when like that goes hand in hand with his passion. Yeah. So yeah, yeah for that reason, like the it's how passionate and so skillful as well. Like he yeah. was a skillful player for like no, a. He's really a smart man. too. And he was he's a smart bloke. Yeah, I yeah. know um it's funny like he he had like some different personalities like he'd be, he be like he could be so happy <laughs> and, and, then like, and, and like annoying people like he could be like we had at the bulldogs there was a, fred soraldo was like did the gear and did a few other roles yep. at the club and he'd annoy that he'd annoy the shit out of him like through the week poking <laughs> him and annoying him and then yep. but like when it became game day yeah it was like because he had like lots of routines. He had like a he had a hot water bottle. He used to drink soda water. He had all these things that he like needed.
2: Yeah.
1: And and the the gear fella was always really good at like catering to him and yeah. getting what he needed to him. And like if anyone had to like interfered with that, like it, he would he would have got the shits with him. <laughs> but like outside of that, like he'd, yeah. he'd be happy just to annoy people yeah. and pick yeah. and prod them. <laughs> oh fuck. And, yeah, um, cool. But yeah, like he, he's a larycan as well. Like he just yeah, he's such a good. Good fellow and yep. just such a passionate player. Uh,
0: I ask all the boys this. Uh, favorite, uh, well, I say rapper of all time. Are you a rap man?
1: Uh, I loved Eminem growing up. So, so I you going to say Eminem.
0: Favorite singer of all time? Uh, Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran? Yeah. Easy? Easy Ed Sheeran. Mate, if, how much would you pay for a duet with Ed Sheeran?
1: Oh... A lot.
0: A lot. (laughs) I pay a lot. I pay a matchy of any kind. (laughs) Um, Favourite movie of all time?
1: Good question. We were rattling off movies the other day. We were trying to do top fives. Shawshank's in like the top five. Remember the Titans. Um, I'd probably say, um, the name just escaped me at the moment, Shutter Island. Have you seen that? Great. Oh, mate. Shutter Island with Leonardo DiCaprio in it. Great. Very movie. good. Like you don't know until the end oh, like, what's
0: happened. One of the great twists. Yeah.
1: I'd say that's top five. That'll be up there with
0: yeah. with with close Leonardo, he's a go. Yeah. He's so, so, so good. Mate, thank you so, so much for coming on the show. I really, really appreciate it and uh good luck for the year.
1: No worries. Thanks for having me, mate. Appreciate it. Thanks Boom. for the, Do kit. the
0: Boss. <laughs> how good. How good. Done.